0: Atomic gigantic occasion was a sweeping Japan nation when along came a dude with an ultra attitude. A common of the greatest kicker of Japan and of all men. Last you short now, baby. To not talk big now, baby.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elijah, and joining me today is my lovely co-host and editor... Rex, hello. And here we are, back for a surprising new episode.
0: Mmm, mm, a very exciting episode, you could say. One that I've been
1: quite yeah. looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, so... We were supposed to not be weekly this month, but I'm pretty sure we're going to end up being weekly. Oopsie. So, look at that. Look at look at us. Look at us doing so well. <laughs> look at us being slaves to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, we, we talked about uh, the other day. We were like, maybe we should add a few episodes to a certain month just just to do it. <laughs> and... I, I feel like we're leaning towards a yes, but we haven't had that conversation yet, so I don't really know. But right. you were—I was like, man, here we are, like talking about like having a break, and then we're like, let's add more, let's <laughs> let's do that. That's a, that's a great idea. We're we're already busy, and let's add yeah, more. Yeah, we're busy. That's Why not make ourselves do. busier? Hey, man, the people I work with think that that's my motto, and Travis, Travis is always like when you aren't busy and you get stuff done, you're not supposed to add more. I'm like, well, I did. I did. So it is what it is. So yeah, here we are back again doing a brand new episode. We are on episode 66, Rex. Phew. That's uh, quite a lot. Almost two-thirds,
0: basically two-thirds of the way to 100.
1: Over halfway there. Yeah. And almost to the third quarter.
0: Yeah. Well that's what so I So look
1: said. at that. <laughs> yeah. So look at that. We're we're doing we're doing really good. I mean we at the beginning of this year we did say it is the year of kaiju conversation, and I feel like we're holding up to that as we've been producing content like crazy mm. and learning about how we are and who we are. <laughs> so we have another great episode planned for you. Um, but before we do that, we love to uh, we love to catch up with each other. Um, we actually haven't recorded in a week, right? Or no, no. Uh... We had a week off. I'm trying to remember if that was last week or the week prior. I want to say it was probably last the week, week.
0: prior because we kind of had that is... gap <laughs> between like. All
1: I know last, is uh... episodes. That's that's right. Because uh, I know my best friend was like don't you have a podcast recording? I'm like, no, I got a week off. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, now, now I don't, I don't anymore. Uh, there's, there's no week off for a while. Well, but it's fine. We got this. We got this. Mm. So Rex, how have you been? We've, we've, we've talked a little bit more recently than normal, but we haven't really like, how, how have you been? How's life? I've been pretty good for the most
0: part, you know? Um, I went to an early screening of Transformers versus the Beast so that was pretty fun. <laughs> How was that? That was all right. That was all right. I had fun. Not quite as good as I was
1: hoping, but like I still enjoyed myself. Right? I I I I'll probably eventually watch it, but I don't know. I There's something about it that just doesn't feel like it's going to be uh bumblebee to me i love bumblebee bumblebee's a great bumblebee was amazing i loved that movie like that is the pinnacle version of how transformers should be in live action i feel
0: oh i'd agree that that just i i had low expectations for that film and that one just absolutely surprised me i loved it likewise
1: and i i want to be excited for transformers one Um,
0: like that prequel animated one,
1: yeah, with Chris Pratt voicing Optimus Prime. Hemsworth. (laughs) Oh, that's right, Chris Hemsworth voicing Optimus Prime. (laughs) And I don't know how to Ryan Tyree Henry doing Megatron. I'm pretty sure. It's in Scarlett Johansson's in it, and they're saying oh it's God. the first ever uh, animated first movie. First animated
0: Transformers
1: movie. My, I love so when that story ran, there was like the Twitter like actually bubble. Yeah, and it was like actually there's a 1985 movie titled "The Transformers: The Movie," which is the actual first Transformers animated movie. And like, first Transformers movie. This is true, and it's the best. <laughs> You're not agreeing with me. I haven't seen
0: it. <gasps> I was
2: You're
0: I joking. was very tempted to watch it, like, r- the day before. I saw Rise of the Beast, but I didn't do it. I'm sorry, man. It's amazing. I've, like, the I've soundtrack. Seen, I've seen one season of G1, and I've seen a, about tr- 12, 15 or so episodes of season two. That's my experience with well, G1.
1: This is in between season 2 and 3. Yeah, that's why I haven't watched it. <laughs> well, you need to, because it's I like know. like the soundtrack, the, the colors, the animation the animation's sometimes shoddy, but it's still great. It's done by Toei, so it's technically anime, <laughs> and it's Orson Welles' last film. Mm. It's got Leonard Nimoy... It's great. Oh yeah, Leonard Nimoy, doesn't he voice, uh... Galvatron. Huh. <laughs> um, but moving on beyond Transformers and CGI, how, uh, like, what else have you done? Uh, not too much, uh, especially today,
0: since, um, my legs are absolutely dead. <laughs> leg day? Yeah, uh, that was a couple days ago, that was a very
1: intense leg day very intense (laughs) fair enough yeah see i've i'm kind of like you i've been pretty busy um i work um because g fest is coming up i have to work 50 about 50 hours a week oh my um to ensure that i have the right funds and i can afford everything i need to get um i just invested in in some lapel mics for something that I have to do at G-Fest, uh, that I don't think I can talk about just yet, which is kind of exciting. Um, Ooh. but beyond that, I've been working on my short film for G-Fest. Um, the filming is done. So now we're, I'm going into, uh, the audio design and editing. Yeah. Um, and, and some, some particle effects and and whatnot, color correction, all that good jazz. Right. Um, and that's going to probably go through all the way up till the uh like deadline. Uh actually as after this week, um my, all of my free time is going to be spent working on on the short film because I don't even know if I'll have enough time to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um and hit that deadline. So I need to make sure I'm I'm spending at least an hour on it every day. Uh but that's exciting. Beyond that, uh, I've been working on on kaiji ramen a little bit, you know, pretty typical stuff. Prepping for G Fest. I'm gonna be on a few panels. Uh and just uh prepping, like working for Kaiju Ramen, like I said, doing Kaiju Weekly, um, the weekly news uh report that we do every Sunday. And, you know, that's that's been pretty much it. Um on my days off. I have two days off a week. Uh last last or this last week I've been I, I spent it working on my short film and doing housework. And today I, uh, my best friend's out of town. He's on vacation and he, he lives with me right now and he never listens to this stuff. So I can just be brutally honest. <laughs> uh, it's really nice that he's on vacation. Um, when he, when, you know, he's, and I love the guy. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick him out for anything. And like, I, I respect him and yeah I like, I, I, I have no issue with him doing what he does. But usually he's home before I get home, mm-hmm. so he's either watching a Fast and the Furious movie, watching <laughs> YouTube videos, or playing on his Xbox that's connected to my TV. So I never have access to my TV. And if he's not doing those, he's sleeping,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't want to wake him up. And then and if he's not, if I put in the movie, he, fall, he sleeps quite literally to every movie. Watching a movie with him is awful. I it like it aggravates me because I've never been able to sit through a movie with him. We were watching versus and he was falling asleep. So I just stopped it because I was like, I'm I'm not going to like keep playing this. Mm -hmm. So and when he sleeps, he snores, which is Uh... obnoxious to watch a movie (laughs) with. So he's been out of town and today was my day off. So I actually spent all of my day. I mean, I slept till about 11, but I watched the movie last night. Finished it t- this morning, and I I watched a lot of movies today, so oh, wow. it's been really great. Uh, are you saying there's
0: a chance you might have actually, like, watched Tokusatsu? Yeah.
1: It's been, like, six months since I've been able to say that. So I feel like this is a perfect segue into talking about what Tokusatsu we've watched. Um, unless you—there's a few things I want to talk about. Um. Would you rather do those before we go into our tokusatsu talk? Uh,
0: well, now that you've got me a little bit curious,
1: go ahead. Well, I know we were – I was excited for uh, Across the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. um, the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mostly yeah. because uh, Chris Miller, uh, the co-director of the first film and the producer co-producer of the second film – promised and said that japanese spider-man was designed and that he would be included mm. Um spoiler alert going forward um for spider-verse so if you don't want to hear this probably skip about a minute because i don't yeah. think we have too much to talk about um starting yeah a now. couple minutes maybe couple maybe um but he doesn't appear in it, even yeah. though it looked like he appeared in some of the posters, maybe as a yes. little Easter egg. Yeah, he did. Um, we
0: see him with his bracelet.
1: <laughs> but also, every Spider-Man kind of is wearing a bracelet, so some people have theorized that that's not actually Japanese Spider-Man. Is it? Uh. Admittedly, so I have not seen the film, and I know you
0: haven't, either.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not interested in watching it until Japanese Spider Man, <laughs> and that's probably. I'm. I'm. There's probably people that are like, "What is he talking about? Why did he say that?" They are immaculate pieces of art in animation, and I have no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> I, I. I have no care to watch him. but. We did get confirmation that he – so the director said that in due time he'll appear. Um, not only that, but the talent agency that has the actor for the original Japanese Spider-Man reported that he had done voice work for it. Um, the director of the first film said he was designed, and they said that they did want to include him, that they love him as a character and they want to, to include him. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've had, like, the uh, Marvel Legends figure of him, the uh, 616 documentary about him, Episode yeah. 1. Uh, we've had the model – the Mattel uh, model car. We've had a die-cast Leo Parda, Leopardon uh, six-inch action figure. We've had uh, – I think we had, like, the bracelet, a one-to-one scale bracelet that people could buy. Um. We've had a lot of content for Japanese Spider-Man. There's even a Bandai Premium t-shirt out there. And, you know, it seemed like things were going well and that we would see Japanese Spider-Man. But unfortunately, it looks like we have to wait a little over, a little under a year for that to happen. Um, Well, that's assuming it hasn't been
0: delayed, which is looking, it looks likely that Spider-Verse Free has been delayed. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, from what I understand, that they've on the like official like Twitter account, they removed the release date for, for the Beyond the Spider Verse, so it probably will get
1: delayed. Interesting. Hmm. But you know, I and I'm I maybe I'm awful for saying that I only want to watch it for Japanese Spider Man, but I I I'm weird like that. But I will go and see. We, I,
0: I will. We got limited time on this earth. Can't watch everything.
1: This is true. But I will try. <laughs> um, but moving on from that, uh, we, we had some film announcements and some film reveals. Um, we have uh, SRS. Last, last recording, we talked about oh, yeah. Princess Blade. And in that, we talked about how SRS announced the God Whale. Yeah, um, we have the second title reveal, and my predictions were wrong. Mm-hmm. We got something that I was really surprised we were getting. Um, we we're getting Takashi Miike's *The Great Yokai War 2: Guardians* from SRS Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, in. The princess blade i brought up how i wasn't too hyped about the god whale being an srs title Hmm. but that one like i feel like i can get by but great yokai war 2 kind of pisses me off mostly because it's gonna look awful on my shelf um, ah. the the way Arrow designed the Yokai Monsters set, it really seemed like once the box set was done, they were going to do the trilogy on one Blu-ray, and then they were going to do Great Yokai War as a singular Blu-ray, and then release Great Yokai War 2 as a singular Blu-ray. That's what it looked like. And by the time that set came out, Great Yokai War 2 was out. Yeah. Um... So, like, and it aggravates me. They never released it. <laughs> they never released it. So it, it really aggravates me that I'm going to have the Arrow stuff, and then I'm going to have in the middle SRS Cinema. <laughs> and, like, so here's the thing about the Arrow set. And this isn't just Arrow, so I'm not going to be just, like, saying Arrow is the best thing ever. Arrow did include everything from the Media Blaster set. And Media Blasters like took everything from the Japanese Blu-ray, subtitled it, uh, translated it, and even recorded an English dub. Yeah, and then mixed it in with the the other audio and and synced it up, and we have that. It's really aggravating because SRS will not fund for a dub; they will not pay for a dub. So we're gonna have Great Yokai War Two subtitled. By the subtitles provided for the uh, film festival showings. And like that's going to be it. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be any like amazing thing on this Blu-ray. I guarantee you. Mm -hmm. Which is going to look awful. You have the fully loaded, like, Takashimiike commentary, audio commentary by film historians, English dub, Japanese, with subtitles, original trailers with subtitles, behind-the-scenes featurettes, the short films. And then you're going to get the SRS one, which is going to be subtitled, original Japanese trailer, and other SRS trailers. And, like, that's going to basically be it. And it's like, why... Why? Why do this? And it'll probably be Matt Frank doing the artwork. They probably won't get the same artist that worked for Arrow. It would be great if they did. I I would. I would if if SRS does that. I will. I will be a lot more supportive. I'm still gonna buy it, but like I I just don't think they'll do that. Mm-hmm. So and I also got confirmation. Usually, like Rex, you could buy all of the past SRS re- releases, and like they'd be fine. Just yeah. they're not region locked. Anything, God Whale and Great Yokai War Two are region A locked. Huh. Um, so they are going to be locked to region A. Huh. That's probably because SRS couldn't afford to do like region A unlocked. Because I bet that's a a bigger price. It's a little disappointing, but we'll we'll I I'll be fine with it. I I'll mean... buy it. I have a
0: region A Blu-ray player anyway, so. (laughs) Look at you being
1: prepared. Yes, I've been prepared for four years. Look at that. You're basically ready for a zombie apocalypse. I know, it's great.
0: I don't know how a Blu-ray player is going to help me on the zombie apocalypse, but it's great.
1: You'll be able to watch all the movies you want before you die.
0: How speaking am I going to the... import
1: all the Region name Blu-rays? <laughs> You're going to get on a boat so the zombies can't get you.
0: Uh, yes, right. Okay, makes sense. Yeah.
1: Um. Speaking of preparing for the future, a certain actor is also preparing for the future as uh, Godzilla 2014 actor Brian Cranston announced that he's going to be semi-retiring from acting in 2026, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought is kind of interesting. I didn't know this, but he's he, in twenty twenty six he's turning seventy jesus what yeah so he's he was uh fifty eight when he did uh godzilla twenty fourteen wow, <laughs> I thought he was in his early fifties that latest to be honest like i thought like ab- like wow <laughs> Yeah, I thought he he's was like a bit an old younger. Person. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's the bombshell for the episode is Brian Cranston is old. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not
0: surprised that he'd be like in his sixties with a with a beard he's got, but like
1: when he's clean he, shaven he he doesn't look it. Yeah. Bro ah. looks like he's cooking up cocaine in a school lab. It's not cocaine, it's meth. Oh.
2: (laughs) You didn't watch
0: enough Breaking Bad memes. I haven't watched a single
1: anything of anything Breaking Bad. I have seen the first season. I don't even know what it's about.
0: It's about cooking meth. With the chemistry teacher. Oh. Who has cancer.
1: So, you know, there's, there's my little knowledge, but <laughs> you no, know, I was really surprised that Brian Cranston was retiring, semi-retiring. Yeah, um, That's really shocking. Uh, it makes like, there's, but then there's, and I, he mainly said it because it's, a, he he's married and he wants to focus on his marriage a little bit and not get stuff in the middle. Like, so his job takes up all of his time. Yeah, because, you know, jobs can take up a lot of time. Um, Imagine if like you had to travel to Skull Island. And, you know, you had a wife and children and you're like, well, I got to go on this adventure. And then you get stuck there. And you're like, well, dear Billy, I'm gonna die here. And uh, this is what's going to be left of me.
0: Is this a smooth transition towards Skull Island anime, like that? New yes, trailer it that was, just came and out? you
1: just made it—you just <laughs> made it even easier to do that. So, yes, uh, Legendary also released the official trailer for the Skull Island anime, which looks a lot like the like early two thousands, like King Kong or the Kong anime, uh, or like uh, the Dino Squad. I was going to say Dino Riders, but it's Dino Squad. <laughs> I don't know if you know what that is. But it Not does really. – it definitely looks like early 2000s animation, and I'm all for that. It looks mm. pretty good.
0: Honestly, the look from what I've seen kind of reminds me of, more of like those uh, like those DC animated movies that they release every couple of years.
1: I could see that too, definitely, yeah.
0: Definitely. And obviously the Castlevania show that's from the same studio. <laughs>
1: That's right. They did do a Castlevania movie, show. I meant show. See, I love movies so <laughs> much that I want everything to be a movie. But everything is not a movie. Yeah, this is true. So I mean, it looks good. I know there's going to be a lot of monsters, yeah. um, a lot of titans, I guess. And I'm happy to see the Skull Crawlers return. Though they are slightly different. Oh. like their looks, like they're a little more bulkier. I noticed. Oh, I I haven't actually watched the official trailer yet.
0: I've only seen the teaser one. <laughs> oh, I saw oh, I like see. a couple snippets from it. So, like, I know they showed the Skullcrawler in the trailer,
1: Mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, they're a little bulkier. Like, I I watched the. So I woke up this morning because it actually came out the day were or the yesterday, I guess now. Um, it came out, and like I woke up and I saw the notification. I was like, "Oh, here it is." Let me just sit and watch this in my half-asleep state. So I'm excited to see it. I'll definitely watch it. It looks more promising than I thought it'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it looks alright, it, but it is kind of weird that like we had nothing for years and now we're just getting all of it. I mean, basically
0: the same thing happened with Pacific Rim: The Black. <laughs>
1: Well, that show also died very quick. So yeah, and the, the showrunner. I mean, are did you really say...
0: expecting anything much different from this? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. No, even though the direct or the showrunner did say there was going to be a season two if everybody watches season one. I mean, Pacific got like to season two. It got to season three, and but each uh, each no, it got season, season they season like two. cut. Did it end after? Oh, I'm thinking about Ultraman. Yeah, you're thinking Ultraman. But what's funny is with each season of these kaiju shows, they, like, slash the budget. And so eventually by, like, their third season, they're like, we can do six episodes, and that's about it. I mean,
0: I mean, you use Ultraman as an example, but Ultraman actually got more episodes in its third season. Did it? Yeah. Season two is six episodes, season three
1: is, like, twelve? Oh, so it's a full season. Yeah. So... I guess that I to me that almost feels like there's two seasons in, like a miniseries. I mean, like I feel season like season
0: two basically just felt like a movie. That's kind of how I watched it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just watched it all in one night, and it's like all
1: twenty minute episodes, so it's like basically a two hour movie an hour, length. two hours. Yeah. See, I I watched season one, but I never picked it up after that. I should probably watch those. Hmm. Um, but another, uh, some, speaking of probably watching, I probably should rewatch Terror of Mechagodzilla, um, because, uh, you know, recently we, we had the, oh, unfortunate announcement, um, that the script writer, uh, pass away, mm. which was very unfortunate. Um i i was hoping i could eventually meet her because she wrote so first of all she's the first female to completely write a godzilla script on her own yeah. and and work with honda um there was a female writer on son of godzilla yeah for one but, of the early scripts but i mean she was just a co-writer she didn't do a whole lot um but I don't, for I don't think she was
0: involved in the final script, anyways. I think that was. I don't think so.
1: Was it Sekizawa who did that? Yes, yes, it was. Mm. But for Terror of Mechagodzilla, now yes, Shiro Honda co- uh, fine tuned it, but a lot of that film is is really like without her writing Terror of Mechagodzilla, like Katsura would have not been the strong, amazing character she is. Yeah, um, and and a list of other things that like she just pulled from her personal experience and like Yukiko took Yukiko Takeyama was her name. Yes, I was actually pulling up to make sure I wasn't going to butcher her name. So thank <laughs> you for bringing it up. Um, but Takeyama, she in her last few years of her life, um, according to the t- Tomoko I, um, at G Fest last year. Tomoko I and her connected recently, and they had been doing a podcast um in Japan where oh, they would wow. like get together every week and just hang out and, and talk. Mm-hmm. Uh which would be great, like if, if we could get a translation or something about like I feel like that'd be really cool. Um but no, I I was really like when I heard that I was really disappointed because Terror of Mechagodzilla is my favorite Godzilla movie, yeah. and like that's all thanks to her amazing work. Mm. Like she single handedly wrote one of the best Showa Godzilla films that is able to capture the darkness of the original, but also have a light hearted tone of your late 60s and 1970s Godzilla movies which is quite amazing. Yeah. So that I wanted to make sure we brought her up and highlighted her and and talked about her a little bit in in honor of her because she she did a hell of a job.
0: <laughs> and you know brought us one
1: of one of Ishiro Honda's best films as well.
2: Mhm.
1: And his last Godzilla movie too, which I think is really Yeah. Uh important. Um God, it'd be great to get a four K of Terror of Mega Godzilla. I'd love to see that. Oh, that would look so good. It would. And I I mean, in general, I wish we could get more four K Godzilla movies. Um I wish we could get physical releases of them. Me too, and that's something that uh, Chris Mowry said that they were going to work on. But uh, now that's, uh, I guess, uh, no
2: longer
0: relevant.
1: Didn't he get <laughs> – did didn't like yeah. put one
0: some layoffs?
1: <laughs> so this is the segue into the last thing I really wanted to bring up here. That was a really clean segue, by the way. <laughs> um, so the Toho LA branch, Toho International – recently laid off half of its team, including the head marketing manager, Chris Mowry, who wrote and worked on the IDW Godzilla comics, uh, was doing the uh, web series Godzilla... Godzilla Tales? It It wasn't Godzilla Tales. That was something that... Pretty sure it was. No, because Godzilla Tales was the uh, thing that IGN worked on. That was the IGN co-production. It's Godzilla Chomp or something. They were like five minute videos talking about the history of Godzilla. Godzilla Godzilla Chomp, Chomp. right? Yep. Um, but like in it, they show that they're mishandling like film cells and oh yeah, I remember people
0: (laughs) on Twitter getting mad about that.
1: (laughs) And I'm sure that Toho like saw that and saw that like they're they're. Kind of revealing too much about the inner workings of Toho, and Chris is too busy doing uh, hot sauce and protein mix, uh, protein pro, protein mixes, and and uh, and candy bars, and and just GodzillaFoods dot com. So Chris, I, I'm or whoever whoever's taking his place, please bring that pre workout to Australia. Come on, <laughs> so. I'd buy it. this is this is a really interesting thing to me um and i kind of want to talk about this for a bit so i felt like toho international was actually i mean they were doing stuff they weren't doing exactly what the fans wanted but they were clearly doing stuff yeah um i mean we we got the criterion box set we got uh the Playmates figures and, you know, new characters and, and bringing over the Bandais before them. I mean, and no, we're we've had a lot of
0: translations of, like, uh, Godzilla Island, Godzilla Land, and even the new Chibi Godzilla show as well.
1: Right, and, and even, like, Godzilla and Godzilla Raids again, we're getting novelizations uh, of.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I must say that that Chibi Godzilla show, by the way, that is way better than it has any right of being.
1: I haven't watched it. It's really funny.
0: It's really funny.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, that's that. like the fact we're getting translations of that's really cool. And and we're getting official releases on on YouTube.
0: Yeah. I mean, hell, they brought season two of the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla show on there. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. they split it into three parts for each episode for like no reason outside of uh, we need to split the views across, you know? Right. But like nonetheless, that those episodes have been out of print for years, decades. They've been lost.
1: Season two's been lost since Netflix. Only if you don't know where to look. <clears throat> right. This is true. In in some regards, God's work. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even on the 4K's, you know, like
0: as you said before he was trying mm-hmm. to he was trying to push for that you know he was able to at least get right. a, a, a theatrical showing with the 54 4k now whether or not he would have actually been able to you know get a physical release of any of the 4ks who knows you know but frankly that probably he probably has no control i, I from what he said, it sounded like he has no right. control control so, over whether or not you know. He it's it's weird because
1: that. Chris, I mean, Chris was being a very vocal individual from Toho, which was abnormal. Um, and I'm I'm curious mm. what exactly made Toho think let's let's lay him off. Um, I I wonder if it was he was too vocal. Toho likes to keep the keep to themselves um, when when they show i mean mind you they still had him appear on like if they
0: had an issue with him being too vocal they wouldn't have invited him onto like some of the like the promotions for the on the japanese youtube channel for the godzilla store. they wouldn't have uploaded uh godzilla chomp and subtitled it in japanese but maybe the they were just doing japanese that because godzilla like
1: that, was, channel, that is free content like
2: I mean, it's just, it's really weird
1: that,
0: that... I don't know. I mean, people were revealing that much in, like, those that Godzilla Chomp series. They were very short videos, and, like, honestly, their biggest flaw is that they are so short, and they don't really go into anything particularly, like, new. The most interesting episode was probably that episode where he took a look at the film reels because
1: that right and that a lot of I feel like that to did be that they have those, some you know? if not all the theatrical versions of the Godzilla films somewhere in their vault like one thing i learned was definitely that toho international mm-hmm. has a lot more than we think anything Cause it really felt like anything oh, that was that. like marketed in America, especially like they have something of it. Yeah. So I I'm just, I'm really curious what Toho didn't like he was doing because they had to lay him off for a reason. Um, So that just that, that really intrigues me. I I'd be really curious to see what, what, what was going on behind the scenes Mm. Um, because I mean, what they did is after, after they laid him off and, and the, the half of the team reportedly, they ended up hiring triple what they had. So like if they had yeah. 30 people, they ended up hiring like 90. Um, so like the Which branch just got bigger. Um, I've also read somewhere that crunchy roll had something to do with it. Of course. <laughs> but that's weird. So, like, Crunchyroll has nothing to do with Godzilla besides them oh, having streaming, like, theatrical... is
0: like former, like, Crunchyroll employees also working for, like, the L.A. branch or were working for the L.A. branch? Yes.
1: Yes. And on top of that, Crunchyroll has streaming, theatrical, and physical rights to Shin Godzilla. Mm. That's all that Crunchyroll has, to my understanding, with Toho and Godzilla, Mm -hmm. Um, is some employees that worked for Crunchyroll, works for Toho now, and... I mean, they obviously would also have connections
0: with Toho through just, like, the anime uh, distribution as well.
1: But, like, Toho International, specifically, like, the Mm -hmm. only connections is they they have to work with Shin Godzilla for, like, showings and whatnot. Right. And yeah. there's some some uh ex Crunchyroll workers working for Toho International now. Yeah. Um On one hand, this concerns me because like they they were moving in a direction and like Chris Maori clearly had love for the character. Oh definitely. Um, but is one of the Toho workers uh, clarified that some a lot of the people that have been there for years are still there, they're still there and they're still carrying that hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also like, well, with this this influx, clearly that means Toho is wanting more. Maybe what it was them. was yeah. So you know, I think I I feel like their social media presence has definitely gotten better. Um. In, in the last year or so, and the fact that they're they're translating stuff and distributing stuff is I think another great example of them working on it um, the future of Toho International appears to be very bright um, with the influx of more people like I threw out the the I thought of maybe 30 people work there and now they have 90 but I'm sure there was more than 30 people. Between the translators, Chris Mallory, your marketing team, your social media team, your uh, like merchandise team, your film team. Like I'm sure there's more than 30 people. So like maybe they have a few hundred now. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the thought and fact that now we have a bigger team excites me. Um maybe it's them gearing up for having a larger presence um with with Godzilla. And the final thing that I'm gonna segue in here to is is the fact that in August, Toho's going to anime Matsuri mm-hmm. and they're going to have Godzilla Zero up front, there for everybody to see. <laughs> um I'm like if if Toho and apparently Toho has a very big presence at Anime Matsuri this year. Mm-hmm. If they're going like if they're releasing this in America, like this is where the reveal is going to be is in America. I guarantee you that means they're working to get it released. If Crunchyroll has something to do with Toho International's change of management and employment. Maybe Crunchyroll is going to start directly working with Toho. Oh, please, God, anyone but Fathom. Anyone but
0: Fathom. I will take Crunchyroll Funimation. I'll take them. Please, God, not Fathom.
1: Anyone but Fathom. I mean, if you look at it, Crunchyroll worked with Toho on Parasite Part 1 and 2. They worked with Toho on Space Battleship Yamato. They worked with Toho on Shin Godzilla. Um and a whole like slew of other Toho titles, whether it's anime or tokusatsu. I I feel like Toho and and uh, Crunchyroll slash Funimation slash Sony has a very good working relationship with modern titles, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if Janice and uh, and heck even Sony did the uh, Criterion release in the UK. Yeah. So so it's obvious that Sony is is. Working with Toho and Sony's a Japanese company, so I'm not too shocked by that. Mm. Um but it, it kinda seems like that Toho's trusting like Janice and Criterion for their classic films and then cr- Crunchyroll Funimation for their modern films, because there's an obvious like anime fan base that they can appeal to in a classic film mm. buff uh audience. I mean to be
0: fair, they did. It... <laughs> Their last uh, theatrical Godzilla film was from an anime director, so that did help
1: influence the marketing. This is true, but like Yamazaki has done animated movies. Oh yeah, that's, and he's oh done, yeah, that's actually true. And he's done uh anime live adaptations. action adaptations. Yeah. So right, yeah, yeah, I've i I feel like it's. I feel like it's in the same ballpark. I think any modern director to- who puts on a Godzilla movie will be an anime or an anime adaptation director.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I feel like that's just kind of impossible to, to skip over unless they get like Miyake or Shitsuke Kaneko again. So I, I'm excited. I, I think we have a lot of cool stuff coming. I think – Maybe we could see an even bigger push for Godzilla post-2023. And that excites me. And the fact that they're going to bring Godzilla Zero to America to market the film initially, and then on top of that, they're adding more people to Toho International, and they're working with Crunchyroll for some reason with them. I almost feel like we're going to get a Toho-commissioned Godzilla Zero dub by Crunchyroll. Or at least a subtitled released version. Um, I I almost feel like it's guaranteed between the recent Shin Ultraman and Shin Kamen Rider theatrical showings that Godzilla Zero will definitely get a theatrical release. Mm. We're, We're getting to a point where I feel like straight to DVD releases for big, big like kaiju and tokusatsu titles from major studios is a thing of the past. I think there is an audience there for theatrical showings to be presented. Mm-hmm. But speaking of straight to video releases, let's—I feel like I've—I've I've kind of gone off into this little thing here. Let's let's go back here and let's talk about some tokusatsu we've watched because I've watched some tokusatsu wrecks. Oh, goody. So do you want to start or would you like me to start with my, with my tokusatsu? Feel free. Okay. So I've actually watched a decent amount in the last uh, day, actually. (laughs) Um, Like I said, my best friend was gone. So like I, I was able to sit and I was able to watch all the tokusatsu I wanted without him interfering. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started, I watched a lot of Toei films actually. Um, before I, I bring that up, I'm gonna bring up two other ones. Uh I watched the twenty two thousand nine Katakawa um, Nishimura uh film named Robogisha. Um mm-hmm. it, it's very much a Nishimura inspired film. You know, if you watch any Tokusatsu like low-budget film from like 2007 to like 2014. And it's Nikatsu or Nishimura, they all have the same style. Yeah. Um, Over sexualized, um, absurd stuff. Mm. Lots of gore. Tons of gore. Um, and then a surprise kaiju that appears out of nowhere for no reason. Oh. Um, and Robo Geisha was a giant robotic pagoda. <laughs> that was a man in a suit which was a really big surprise hey, nice um yeah it was really cool and uh so like i i enjoyed it you know it is what it is it's it's i'm not a huge fan of that genre that style of film but you know it's it's entertaining you can sit there for the hour and a half two hours it is and, and be entertained have you seen all the same place no i oh. haven't seen that one you should watch that um, but beyond that, I got to watch a Toho J horror film, which I was genuinely shocked about. I really need you to watch it, Rex. Um, it's from oh. 1999, so it's right after Ring came out. So this is like yeah. J horror boom ramping up. Yeah, and you would think it's like pretty mill the run typical J horror stuff, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's called The Hypnotist, and it's a J horror <laughs> movie. That has the mystery element of ring, but it does not fall into the tropes of J horror. It's actually really cool. I really enjoyed it. I want us to cover it on, on the podcast. It's, it's got some really cool ideas. It's got some cool stuff. And I, I think it is a, one of those like, like ignored masterpieces. I don't know if it is a masterpiece, but it, it, I definitely feel like it does not get talked about like it should, because as Koho most, as, well, as as most J horror is not talked about, <laughs> this is true. If you don't have the name Nakata or Shimizu or Miike, uh, as the last, as your last name, you probably have been ignored.
0: Yeah. Which is sad, but the it truth. is. I mean, um, but the director of Hypnotist, I was looking it up. Um, he actually directed uh, Ju-On beginning of the end and Juon final.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. So you need to watch it, Rex. <laughs> um, Perhaps. But like I, I, I mentioned when I started listing these off, I've watched a lot of Toei too. Um, I watched Have two you Toei finally J- watched Female Prisoner Scorpion? no oh yeah i knew i'm an awful human being yeah um i watched two showa j horror titles um the first of them being house of terrors released in 1965 it reminded me a lot of snake girl and the silver haired witch oh, yeah. um it's like a haunted house uh j horror um really interesting. A lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. And then the other one, which I was shocked about because I didn't think I was going to like it was a haunted Turkish bathhouse. It was released in 1975 and Toei in the mid seventies is really kind of <laughs> creepy and crazy. Um, Wolf guy and legend of dinosaurs and monster birds. Like those came out and, and you know, Toei Toei was a little crazy. This was um, in their exploitative era, you could say. Yes. And I'm gonna be real with you. I don't think I've watched a movie with more tits than that movie. <laughs> um like as soon as the movie starts, they're there. I'm like, oh god, here we go. They they are not hidden at all in the movie. I mean it's
0: Female Prisoner Scorpion, especially that first one, has a fair bit as well. Just from its, it's opening credits.
1: <laughs> it's definitely like borderline pink film. Yeah. But it was actually really good. I was shocked how much I liked it. Um, definitely would recommend for anybody who's interested in Showa J-Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little sad now that I missed out on the limited edition by Mondo Macabre. Um I had to get the standard edition. Um, which all it's missing is like, it's not in the red case and it doesn't have the booklet, but yeah. I, I wish I would have got it because, because that's actually a really good title. I, I was really surprised by how well that movie was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the final film that I watched was Yo-Yo Girl Cop, um, directed by Kenji, Fu- Kenji Fukusaku's son. Um... It was like 2007 when it came out and it's like a direct sequel to the Sukiban uh decca television show. So Really? That one was yeah, that was pretty interesting. It's a sequel to Tsukiban – Huh. Oh. I didn't know so, that. So Yeah. Uh and then there is one more Toei title that oh, I can't remember. It was on the tip oh, of my tongue. Oh no. Rex, why don't why don't you tell me and the viewers what tokusatsu you watched? And while you do that,
0: you're, I'm going to try to figure it out. This. I, Maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. hopefully. Um.
0: Well, I have. You know, I've been going not quite as full steam ahead as I was previously, but you know, I'm powering on through uh, Ultraman Max, Kamen Rider V three, uh, Shinkenja as well. I actually got past the. Uh, actually, watched the Takeshi Miike directed episodes of Ultraman Max.
1: Nice. How were those?
0: Quite good, especially especially the first one he did. That first one is really, really good. Very Miike.
1: <laughs> I was curious if you would be able to tell like the difference. Yes. Um, like the,
0: like yes. Like... <laughs> yes, you can. Go. Go. I like. Just, like, especially if you've seen, like, Happiness of Katakuris, it's got, like, a sort of similar... There's some visuals, and a bit of the style is very similar to that. Mm -hmm. It's not not quite going for the same thing, but there's some similar
1: visuals here and there. Now, they also brought Shutsuke Kaneko in to do a few episodes, right?
0: Yeah, I've
1: seen most of his episodes, because he did, like, the first...
0: He did the first episode, I think he did episode two, and then he did the ant
1: episode. Gotcha. And I feel like somebody said it, but I don't know if this is true. Did Akio Josoji come back to do an episode or two? I know that this was like um, right before he died. Like, it was like a year before he died, so I don't know if he did. I'm not sure, to be honest.
0: I, If he did, I doubt I've seen that episode, um okay yeah he did come back oh okay yeah i'm i'm not up to so he comes back for two episodes i've not seen either of them Mm -hmm. um one of them is actually a sequel to an ultra seven episode though which is cool yeah
1: (laughs) intriguing which was an an episode
0: of seven that he directed it's a sequel to as well
1: ah that's good that's good because i know he he died in 2007 i believe mm. um 2006 was it Oh six? yeah end of oh six in november okay yeah because he directed a segment in 10 nights of dreams which came out in 07 um and that was his last directorial work done by him Um, I didn't know it was posthumanist, but that's interesting. So he was directing Max like right before he probably he probably directed Max and did the portion of Ten Nights of Dreams and then passed away later that year. Yeah. Okay. Uh how's uh how's uh uh Common Rider V three coming along? Good fun. Uh I recent I
0: watched the uh last uh Episodes that feature a reappearance from *Kamen Rider* one and two, and you know, any episode with Takeshi Hongo and Hayato Ichimonji are very, very good episodes.
1: <laughs> is it like how in the *Showa Ultraman*? Like when the Ultraman from past seasons come in for an episode, it's like, oh, this is going to be a great episode. Yes, kind of like that. Yes, okay. Yes,
0: I mean, it it happens in like the original *Kamen Rider* because like once, uh. Takeshi Hongo, you know, comes back. He only comes back for guest appearances at first, before taking the reins of the show again. And then Hayato disappears, but he comes back for a select few special episodes that are
1: all really banger episodes. Gotcha. Okay. Mm hmm. And then how's uh Shinkai Shinkaiju? Shinkenju. It's been pretty Shinkenger.
0: good. Okay. I, I have I haven't had as much time to watch that as the other two, admittedly. Gotcha. Because Max and uh, V three have sort of grabbed me more. Shin mm-hmm. is good. I'm just I'm just not like super wowed by like the Sentai formula. I think, right? At least not at the moment. But gotcha. I have like just been introduced to the sixth Ranger, the gold one. So
1: that's cool. Okay. How, any other toku or has that just been your main focus is getting your, your TV shows knocked out? Uh well I did actually rewatch uh
0: Godzilla two thousand
1: the other day. I need to rewatch that one.
0: Yeah. I mean two thousand I haven't seen that in like about four years, alongside most of the Millennium films. Like I rewatched mm-hmm. GMK recently because like that was way overdue.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so Yeah, I was just kind of in the mood. I'm like, I should put on 2,000. And so I did, and I actually put on the Japanese cut, which, so this is actually the first time I've seen that version of the film. Oh. So now I have seen, I've officially seen every Japanese cut of every Godzilla film at least once.
1: There you go. (laughs) And see, I'm hoping, so, like, the fact that I've watched five movies today like i i i realized that i need to watch more so i'm hoping that i can start picking up the pace
2: mm-hmm.
1: and watching more i did the i counted because i have the list from all the toku i watched last year i watched 24 movies and two short films mm-hmm. i'm hoping that this year i can beat that Yeah. um with all I've watched with what I've watched today. Now I have 16 Toku movies under my belt. So I just have to watch nine more to like hit that goal. So I'm, I'm thinking that every week now I need to set aside like time to watch two movies, Mm -hmm. two movies a week. Um, Mm -hmm. cause it just like, I miss watching movies. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun just watching movies. Like it's, it's my drug. (laughs) I <laughs> I I I feel better after watching movies. Mine too, man. <laughs> and I feel like there was another movie I watched. Oh, really? Really now? Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I got to. This is what it was. I got to go see uh, Shin Common Writer in theaters. They they showed that. Whoa. Um, yeah, in in theaters they had two 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 days of showings, and. I got to go see it. Nice. I, I, you know, it's crazy. Why? Against all the odds also got to see it. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So, wow. I didn't know they were showing it in Australia. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. The first time I got to see it, it was like 30 minutes down the road. It was so fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Man, we should, since we watched it, we should do an episode on Shin Kamen Rider. We should. That's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? I don't know. Maybe because I'm the one with all the good ideas. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay. So, what what are we covering this episode? I forget. Cut this part out. I don't know what well, we're covering. Well, since well since you don't remember, I I say we just scrap whatever
0: film we were going to talk about uh and just instead let's cover shin carbon writer baby
1: that's a great idea rex man look at you having the best idea out here look at that i know i'm great so Please okay clap yeah 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 hang on we gotta we gotta so uh, rex i need you to say we're gonna cover shin carbon writer and we're gonna have a gap for them to clap their hands. Three, two,
0: one, and go. And on today's episode of Kaiju Conversation, we are covering Shin Kamen Rider.
1: (laughs) You think that's good enough?
2: That was
0: absolutely horrendous. Let's keep going.
1: (laughs) So yes, today we are covering Shin Kamen Rider. Why do you say it like that? I had to mimic the uh, the Fathom events showing of Shin Ultraman where the dude they had at the beginning kept saying, Shin Ultraman. Except oh. this time it's Shin Kamin Rider. I've never understood why you've said it that way. <laughs> I just want to annoy the people that are like, It's Shin! It's Shin! It's Shin, you moron! Ugh. Shin Kamin Rider. Then again, they do say Kamen Rider in, uh, Kamen. in the movie. Kamen. Kamen Rider. Kamen. Kamen Rider. So now that we're past the weeb part of this... Yeah. So... Let's never go let weeb me, again. Let us let me tell you something. For reasons that I can't talk about publicly, I got to... I, I had to go watch it a second time. <laughs> I had to drive to another state to go watch this movie again. <laughs> so I, I switched. I had to switch shifts so I could have enough time to get off work and drive to another state to go watch this movie in. So I, I did. I, I swapped <laughs> a shift. I got in my car and I drove like an hour and a half to go to another state what another state (laughs) so i went to another state i got to the theater i forgot my pen and paper so i had to go buy one at the local walmart that was down the road from that uh from that that movie theater (laughs) then i came back and i had to walk a block to because the parking spot was like a, a block away i had to walk to the theater I get down and uh, I watch the movie. And then I, you know, I, I pack up myself and, and my stuff and, and I leave. But here's something that, that's funny that happened. So as I'm leaving, I'm I'm back on my phone and I'm turning off theater mode and do not disturb. And I'm checking all my notifications to see if anybody's like, why are you in another state? <laughs> and to my surprise, I get a message and it's uh, somebody I met when I got to go see Yuzo, biggest battle in Tokyo, I made I made some friends. Look at that, I made some friends, and I I, I didn't have to travel to another state, but I, I still had to travel like forty minutes to go go see Yuzo. And I get a message from somebody that I I met at at that showing, and he said, "Hey Elijah, are you at this theater watching Shin Kamen Rider? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute yeah why and he's like i thought i recognized you i saw you up there and i i was just gonna say hi and the (laughs) reason he recognized me is i just so happened uh to wear my tetsuo the iron man i knew it (laughs) and i wore that to go see yuzo as well so, like, I was wearing the same shirt. It's going to be that's the gonna iconic be my shirt
0: staple. you wore at G fest as well
1: yeah, so i'm I'm pretty sure that's officially like my shirt, um, so it's it's coming with me again. What happens Chicago. when it gets faded I'll have to get back to you on that one <laughs> um, you just ruined my mood <laughs> uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I'm sorry, I didn't see your message till now. I would have came and said hi. But that was really weird and kinda cool that I drove us to another state and somebody somehow recognized me. That's <laughs> like what, what what are the odds here? Um, it was actually that the guy who I met, it was his second viewing too, um, which was pretty cool. So we talked a little bit about the film and, and whatnot. Um that. <laughs> So that was that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I had to travel states, Rex. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about Shin Kamen Rider, in all seriousness. I know we've been, we were hoping it would get released. Um, we, I know specifically you watched Kamen Rider and read the manga in preparation for seeing Shin Kamen Rider. I even was reading the prequel manga to Shin Kamen Rider. And you've been watching V3, which... Yeah, I feel like might be relevant. I don't know. I, I, I am the rookie, a little bit. <laughs> I, I. So full disclosure, I know very little about Common Writer. I know a few things about a few shows. I have never watched a single episode of Common Writer. So this is my entryway into Common Writer. <laughs> the gateway um,
0: drug, if you will.
1: Hmm. I haven't even my friends uh, Nathan Marchand and Travis Alexander have a podcast called Henshin Men, and I've been on the show, but I've never listened to an episode because I don't want to have Common writers spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I know very Just watch it, man. If it comes to Blu-ray, I'm honestly like swear to God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for Shout to announce a Blu-ray. Okay. If Shout were to announce a Blu-ray, I would buy it and I would watch it, and then I'd watch Common Writer V3. And then I'd probably have to skip around. I know whenever Media Blasters puts out j uh, Zio, Shin Prologue, uh the next and the first, I will watch those. Mm-hmm. Um I probably won't understand, and those are all like versions of in air quotes of shin common writer i will watch those uh-huh. uh but i would i'm hoping that i can see common writer 71 before then but i, I don't know it it kind of seems less and less likely every month that goes by that shot factory does not say hey here for the first time in the united states is a blu-ray box set of all 93 episodes of common writer plus the movie mm. It's 93 plus a movie, right? 98. 98? 98.
0: 98 episodes. <laughs> I knew it was plus in the 90s. Plus two short films. Oh, is it two?
1: Yeah. Common Rider vs. Shocker and Common Rider vs. Ambassador Hell. Now, Shocker was f- in between 53 and 54, right? Yeah, around that. And then Ambassador Hell, that was the final... Right? No. Finale? No. You know? That...
0: Is like around like the i wanna say, I think it's yeah, it's before or after episode sixty nine
1: okay, now, okay, now, but I'm how have... was still a villain until like episode seventy nine <laughs> gotcha, so that leads me into my question, so one thing I do know and this is all the like this is where most of my knowledge of common rider comes from and I don't know if this is an insult or not I have watched the entirety of Kikaida plus the Kikaida 3D movie yeah and that's what my knowledge of Shotaro Ishinomori and Toei in the early 70s and that trope of a motorcycle riding hero is okay is that like that when I think of common rider I basically think okay Kikaida, but a little different. Um, right. The Kakita movie is not canon, really. Mm-hmm. Um it's never referenced. It it just kind of happened. Is that the same for the two Common Rider movies? I mean, for like later
0: Carmen Rider movies, like for like the Heisei ones, yeah, a lot of them are like alternate endings and things, like the Thighs movie. Completely gotcha. different ending to the show. But in the case of like Kamen Rider vs. Ambassador Helen vs. Shocker, like, those, there is one very small contradiction in Kamen Rider vs. Shocker where, like, one Kaijin appears earlier than they should and, like, oh, and there's another where, like, there's one Kaijin that technically shouldn't be there because it wasn't created by Shocker, but, like, it's, there's two very minor continuity errors. gotcha but that's really about it there's nothing there's no reason why it can't conflict because it's it's basically they're basically just extra episodes of the show that are slightly longer and look absolutely gorgeous okay gotcha because they're in 4k widescreen and they're very colorful. well the new transfers are in 4k they look gorgeous
1: gotcha so without further ado, I feel like we should go into Shin Kamen Rider because I feel like this might end up being a pretty long this discussion. It's
0: a long recording. I'm going to die.
1: be <laughs> For the first hour is just bab- babbling. Hours and three still. Minutes. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm just going to get off with kind of the beginning production here. Um, okay. I don't know a whole lot, so I'm just going to set the stage. And, and Rex, you, you can – you can school me and tell me where I'm right and wrong. Okay. Um, the first thing is this: what is the 50th anniversary celebration of Shin Common Writer of Common Writer? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was planned for a 2021 release, but due to COVID, uh, everything got delayed. Screwed till, up. Yeah, till 2022. Um, yes. Because filming was. Uh, I want to say it was like October 2022 through. No, 20, no. October 2021.
2: Yes, like
0: 2021. If, if, it, if it was fil- if it finished filming in January 2023, by God, <laughs> would have been the sh- that would have been like Megalon
1: type post production. <laughs> this is true. Um, but actually, the beginning like ideas of this movie started way back in 2012, 2012. with uh Evangelion 3.0, yeah.
0: Um,
1: and that was because Ano and producer of Toei I don't remember his name, but they got together Mune, and talked Mune, about Yuki. it. Thank you. Uh, but one interesting thing about this Shin movie compared to uh the other three. Is Shinji Higuchi's not present whatsoever? Yeah, um, Higuchi did work on the designs for *Kamen Rider Black Sun*, mm-hmm. but he didn't do anything for uh, *Shin Kamen Rider*, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was surprised by that when they, you know, announced that Shinji Higuchi had no involvement. It, from what I understand, he just wasn't contacted for it. <laughs> He
1: was probably too busy... Actually, I don't...
0: I mean, I've read interviews with him, like, for Black Sun's production, and it sounds like he just was never contacted for Shin Kamen Rider. Um... Huh. They did, you know, contact... I think it was Kiyotaka Taguchi, who was the special effects director for Black Sun, that got him involved in that project. Um... Because I think, if I remember right, he sent in the good word about Higuchi to, like, uh, one of the producers, probably Shirakura.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. From what I remember, I, I could be getting a couple of the details there wrong.
1: Gotcha. So, I, I that's really all I know about the production of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything I, I, like, I feel like that's a pretty basic outline, so mm-hmm. if you, if you want to... set the stage any further go right on ahead
0: yeah there's not a huge amount to really like tell like a whole story about like the incredible production of this film there's a lot of anecdotes like small anecdotes that i think i'm sure we'll be able to talk about through this because i can guarantee you some of them will definitely be relevant later um to what i have to say on the film. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't say the production was I'll, but now I'll say the production wasn't hugely smooth. it wasn't a disaster by any means, but like there were definitely scenes there were definitely some scenes that were reshot and things that we'll probably talk about a bit later on. I don't quite want to get into that just yet, okay. But, yeah.
1: Okay. So, in that case, I guess we can go ahead and dive into Shin Kamen Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right away, I, I just want to say that I was kind of t- t- taken away by how quickly we're just thrown this in. This opening like, scene. <laughs> it, it just, we, we are throw right in, thrown right into a motorcycle chase, um, being chased by some trucks. Yeah. And... So, like, I've not watched any Common Writer, So, like, throughout this, I'm like, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand what does this mean? What does this mean? Uh, <laughs> um, so, from, from my understanding, uh, based off of Kikaida, a professor and his daughter are like a duo. And they work for an evil organization, and they know they do. So, they create the ultimate machine to defeat that organization mm-hmm. this being common writer and they get out and shocker finds out and they're chasing them <laughs> and specifically their kaijin i guess is what they're called uh, in in this movie they're called Ogs. yeah augments um, spider aug which in the original common writer was spider man mm-hmm. uh is chasing after Common Rider and Ru Ryukyo? Ruriko. Ruriko. Ru- Ru- yeah. Um and an explosion happens um because they they uh, blockade the the twisty curvy mountain road they're on, <laughs> which causes Common Rider, Ruriko, and the motorcycle to go flying. Yeah. And in much of a showa era Tokusatsu uh Henshin fashion They've they look like they're flying fifty feet, but it's like a soft landing. Yeah. Um got some miniature here, effects too for the trucks. I, I was one I thought they were miniature effects. Yeah, they are. Um and then we are quickly thrown into some action again mm-hmm. with uh, Spider Og trying to take Ruriko, and mm-hmm. then Common Rider appears and just starts beating the living crap out of all of the which there's a lot of blood splatter which i was really surprised by
2: Um, yeah
1: oh
0: this fight is brutal (laughs) this is like almost straight out of borderline something straight out of versus almost
1: i actually wrote the the like action and the quick cuts in the the violence reminded me a lot of Ryue kitamura
0: yeah, um, no this fight of, scene is, this fight scene and one that happens like about 10 minutes later are oh, so they feel straight out of verses.
1: <laughs> they do. And so I was I was really intrigued by that. But one thing I'm a little I was a little surprised by is and this is something I figured out on my rewatch, the blood kind of disappears. There's a few moments where like Common Rider gets bloodied, but after this the blood kind of disappears. You mean like from the film as a whole? Yes. There's not a lot of bloody fights following this.
0: I had heard that complaint. um, And I would, I'd somewhat agree to an extent where the rest of the film is not quite as bloody. But at the same time, there is still a fair bit of blood, like in the following in the following uh action sequences. the final fight has some blood uh the next fight after like this whole opening sequence is over uh the second Kajin his defeat has a bit of blood. It's not really that the film goes bloodless; it's just that kind of after the first fifteen minutes most of the henchmen just disappear <laughs> right outside of like the female ones and actually i notice um in one scene you if you're paying attention the scene starts with the henchmen there but they disappear later because the fight scene f- with them was actually cut from the film oh. so like they're in the scene and then they're just not And i am and I'll tell you which scene that is a bit
1: later. <laughs> okay. So Common Rider like beats all of the henchmen, mm-hmm. um, grabs Ruriko and leaves. Yeah. And then they end up at a log cabin. And so right away, like this fight sequence. Like they're jumping – like they jump all over the place location-wise, which Mm -hmm. is done on purpose. And I appreciate that because that was a trope of specifically Toei Tokusatsu especially um, where they would be in like the city and then they'd go to a quarry or Mm -hmm. like they're on a road and then they're in in a clearing in the forest or Mm -hmm. a little later on they're suddenly at a dam. And I like that. I, I love that. Uh, even when Common uh, Writer first appears, when uh, Spider-Og is about to take Ruriko, it cuts to Common Rider standing on the hill with a zoom-in.
0: Yeah, which is a tribute to a shot from the original show.
1: And it's not a digital zoom-in. It's a actual, they point the camera up and they zoom in, which I appreciate. Actually, it might be a digital zoom-in. Is it? It doesn't look very... So, like, that it, it looks... so that entire
0: shot, I'm pretty sure, is CG. Really? Yes. I'm pretty so sure maybe... it's entirely a CG shot. Because the mountain, from what I understand... that So it's meant to look exactly like the mountain that he stands on in the original. In mm-hmm. that shot. But, like, I'm pretty sure that mountain doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. I could be wrong, but from what I understand and from what I saw of, like, the VFX reel, I'm pretty sure that shot is entirely CG. If not entirely, then the mountain is definitely CGI.
1: So, I mean, they could have composited the the proper Maybe. mountain. Because it definitely doesn't, like, compared to some of the special effects later on, like, that's a really good effect I mean, then. I mean, this film has... There's a lot of
0: moments that have actually got some hidden CG um that is actually really really surprising like when you watch some of the behind the scenes
1: i know like especially during the henchmen fight um there's actually people wearing green suits filming with iphones to get different angles Mm -hmm. of the fight sequence so that ano could be like oh the final
0: fight oh my god the final fight there's like a shot there's like a in the final fight they've got like Nine different like cameramen with iPhones just circling around like the main actors in that fight, and they've all just been
1: digitally removed. That stuff is actually really impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like I was looking to see if I could see like the 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 floor move or something, but you really can. It's it's really well done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's I mean, it's obvious that they just chroma keyed. If we're talking, because it was a, it was edited in Adobe Premiere Pro, mm-hmm. um, they just as all the Shin films were, right? Um, they just, you know, they they put the chroma key or I, it's called green key, I think, is the effect preset in the effects tab on Premiere Pro. They just applied that to the footage, selected the color, and then Adobe. I mean, it's a very powerful software so it's able to like artificially replace whatever color that is with the background um and for that fight I think for that like landscape it's definitely really easy to do because it's just black with gray Mm -hmm. um so I feel like that's that was rather easy for them to do um maybe it was hard to do the uh phones though because I doubt the phones were all green I, I bet they were you know, dark gray or black or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they had to go in though and and like mask over that, do a mask and like maybe a blur mask it and then do the blur effect on that. And then just have that track the phone for each shot.
0: Either way. um, I I love how disorienting this opening is (laughs) with, with all the different, with all the crazy action, you know, the, very little context in like this first three minutes yes and just like yeah it's it's immediately attention grabbing
1: (laughs) it is um i'm trying to remember who it was but there was a director it might have been scorsese who said if you cannot interest your viewers in the first three minutes of your movie you have lost their interest for the rest of the film
0: yeah that was scorsese
1: who said that okay Perfect. Look at that. I know my film quote. <laughs> um, and Shin Kamarider does it in the first three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, it, it, it draws succeeds you in. in that regard. Absolutely. And at least for me, like I'm then – and this might be – it could be both a good and bad thing. Um, I am left trying to figure out what is going on for the rest of the film because mm-hmm. i know nothing about common rider so i'm i watch it i'm like whoa <laughs> there's no exposition here what's going on <laughs> i got to figure this out oh boy there's a lot <laughs> so my upon my first viewing i was just trying to take in like all of this stuff and 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 follow and track everything and i was immediately uh drawn in yeah <laughs> so at least on my end like it it succeeded in in catching my attention yeah um so after this common writer saves ruriko and they go to this log cabin yeah how i don't know i guess they i, I guess it's just like a show of trope to just go there mm-hmm. um and then we're we're shown common writer looking in a mirror mm-hmm. and he he takes off one of the gloves and and he takes off the helmet any
0: part you, you see his grasshopper a bit of his grasshopper form, all his scars right, so, and enhancements. So
1: <laughs> let me okay, this is where I'm a little confused. We also get some flashbacks. So I know in Common Rider Shin Prologue Common Rider is an actual grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Who, like, he does the American Werewolf in London transformation from a human to, to a grasshopper. Yeah. Is So was that what Inshinomori wanted, but due to budget constraints, they couldn't do that, so they had him just I mean... have a suit on? Like, explain to me why, in, in Kamen Rider Shin Prologue, he's a grasshopper. In the original Kamen Rider, I'm pretty sure it's just a guy.
0: I mean, um, it's not really that it's just a guy. It's a guy who's been... So he's been kidnapped by Shaka and has been given cyborg enhancements, essentially. Okay. So, And that's the same with all the other Shaka kaijin in uh, Kamen Rider. I mean, they're really... In the show, they're call, they're usually called Kaizo-Ningen, which basically just means, like, uh, cyborgs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that in the show... Kamen Rider looks a lot more cyborg-like. Meanwhile,
1: the Shocker Kajun tend to look more monstrous-like. <laughs> right. And I know they're all kind of, like, bug-related because Inshinomori liked insects. Um, a lot of them are, but, like, there's a lot of, like,
0: other types. Like, there's chameleons, there's, like, hedgehogs, there's... Cobras. Um, cobras, yep, tigers,
1: all that sort of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, so, like, in Kikaida, everything's a robot. Mm-hmm. Even Kikaida's a robot. He just has a human form he can transform to hide himself.
0: Yeah, yeah. In in Kamen Rider, it's mostly um, cyborgs. There are a couple exceptions with, like, there's, like, a dinosaur that Shocker f- wakes up, and and also a, um like, an Egyptian monster thing in one episode as well, mm-hmm. from what I remember. Um, Mm -hmm. But generally, it's shocker cyborgs. Gotcha. Um, So So, just cybernetic enhanced people.
1: So from what I'm understanding here, so his human form is what he looked like before he was abducted. Yeah. And then with the cybernetic enhancements, it turns him from a human to a grasshopper-esque looking character. Yeah. And to mask that, in, 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 in all reality, to keep the budget low in the original show, he has armor he wears right Um, i guess it's
0: look the first show is not really all that concerned about the details there's no like grasshopper hand or grasshopper face uh in the original um in the manga he does have scars from like the surgery that does that do end up appearing like whenever he's at like very stressed, but in the show, it's just like his normal human face whenever he's not transformed. You know.
1: Gotcha. So that's why in both Shin actual Shin movies, they make it a point to show the grasshopper transformation, whether it's yeah. entirely or partially. Yeah. Okay. See, I know a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, I I don't know everything.
0: So yeah. No. Okay. Don't worry. um Because
2: like. S-
0: yeah cause some of the kaijun in this sort of are, are in a similar boat to Hongo where like they actually have like pretty much all of them have like mutated like forms obviously spider he's wearing like a helmet and um uh like a lot of leather clothes but underneath he does <laughs> he does have like a spider like form gotcha It's just not shown in the movie, it's only shown in the manga. (laughs) Gotcha. Oh, and he has, I guess he also does have the extra hands.
1: Right, he has the extra four hands, or two hands. Uh, Speaking of that, so after this, he he puts the mask stuff back on, and then we we get a lot of exposition um, for the next few minutes, um, which is really nice for me because, like I said, I have no idea what's going on. And it's Um, from one of your favorite directors. Yes. So, <laughs> from here, uh Ruriko and and uh, Hongo are in like the main part of this house when Dr. Midorikawa. Midorikawa played by Shinya Tsukamoto, and for anybody who doesn't know who that is. If you're listening to the show and you don't know who Shinya Tsukamoto <laughs> is, maybe maybe you should go back and listen to more episodes.
0: Yes, please do. He he's
1: up. so he's a director first and foremost. He directed the adventure of Denshu, the adventures of Denchu Kozo, Tetsuo the Iron Man, Hikaru the Goblin, Tetsuo Two Body Hammer, Tetsuo the Bullet Man, Ballet Ballet, Ballet Vital Snake of June Killing, uh, Fire on the Plains, the remake. Um, he's done a lot. Mm-hmm. But he's also been an actor in all three Tetsuo movies, in Takashi Miike's Dead or Alive 2 Birds, Itchi the Killer, Meribito, and for all you kaiju fans, he was the pink towel guy in Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla. <laughs> so seeing him was great. Uh, he was in the trailer, so I knew he was there. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I, remember, it's always... I
0: remember when we thought he was going to play the bat. <laughs>
1: That's right, we we did talk about that. Um but I was thrilled to see him as like the inventor of of the og concept, correct?
0: Um he's one of the main researchers behind like the Pra Behind like discovering Prana and how it works. Gotcha. Which uh in this film is like basically like I guess the way I understand it is sort of like the energy of the soul, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and that's what gives Common Rider, as well as all the other augments, uh, their powers, essentially, right. their strength.
1: But Common Rider, who it, it feels like is the strongest, he has to have a device that's powered by wind to yeah. control that, or else he'll die. Yeah. And the helmet helps control that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all said in the exposition dump where they, they do the science babble. I tried to follow along. I listened, I watched, I read the <laughs> subtitles. Um, and during this suddenly, uh, spider comes down after they mentioned spider og. Mm-hmm. And that's when Hongo finds out that spider og knows where they're at. And Ruriko was planted with a colony of spider drones. She suddenly passes out and they all crawl out from under her.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, to be fair they did
0: show they did make a point of showing the first one crawling on her earlier
1: did they i don't remember
0: yeah it's like it's like just when carmen rider first shows up to brutalize everyone gotcha the shot of her like moving on the ground and you can see like a little spider crawling
1: on her leg oh interesting yeah there's a little detail i missed um (laughs) so then spider rock appears shoots a CGI web to st- st- hold Common Writer in place, but at yeah. this point he's already m- transformed back to his human form. Yeah, so he's not really strong, and it's even said that if he was still in his Common Writer form, he could break the webs. But because he's not, he he can't. Yeah, um Ruriko is passed out, and I'm going to say to Tazukamoto because that's who he is, and he will <laughs> never be anybody else. Um is captured by spider Og. And during, his, while Spider-Rog has him in the cabin still, they don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he kills him. He kills him, which is really sad because he dies really, 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 really fast.
0: Yeah, it, I remember um, like when I realized who he was going to play, I'm like, oh no, he's going to be so sad when this happens.
1: So he this dies a like while that before in the he, show.
0: Yeah, he dies pretty early on. When I realized you didn't who he tell was, me?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like Kikaida, where they think that he's dead, but he's actually always alive and he's safe, and and he never actually dies. What in Kikaida the, the the professor that like invented all the the dark robots and in Kikaida. They think he's always dead. They think he dies, but he's just wandering Japan. No, he never comes back after episode one. (laughs) Oh. So I could have expected this and not been heartbroken? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, Shinya does say, please kill me. Um... And then Spider-Rog chokes him with his forearms. Yeah. Um. But in this, he's also like, protect my daughter. And you're the only one that can save the world. But when he dies, I got some questions. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they explain it, but I'm also really confused. What's what, what's with the bubble bath? <laughs> Is that in the show? Like, Yeah, what...
0: it's a reference to how uh, sometimes in the original Kamen Rider, you know, Because of the budget, sometimes the show will get a little creative of showing the shocker grunts dying. Mm -hmm. So, like, sometimes it'll just be blood splatters on a wall. But probably the most iconic uh, way of them dying is just by turning into bubbles. Okay. Yeah. I
1: can get behind that.
0: It's actually a really neat effect in the show. It's like... It's just one of those, like, little low budget uh, bits of creativity, and that appears a, a lot, especially in that first thirteen episodes, which uh, this movie takes the bulk of its inspiration from, sort of. Okay. Well, probably more the first fifteen episodes, I'd say.
1: Okay. So, I because I was curious about that, I was like, I wonder if they take all ninety eight episodes plus two movies, or if they're they they definitely take
0: elements from later episodes uh for some references near the end um but like the tone of this movie is more in line with the first 13 episodes as that's what Arno found really interesting and how sort of darker that set of episodes was Mm -hmm. but there are some story beats taken from later on as well
1: gotcha okay um yeah, if, as we go through this if you could kind of highlight those two that'd be perfect cuz I'm okay. I'm really curious what what we have. <laughs> um so yeah, after currently Su- this
0: is more or less just episode 1. <laughs>
1: okay. So after Su- Sukumoto's death, Spider-og takes Ruriko and throws a bomb that blows up in like 2 seconds. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was actually really I, surprised how fast I, I it appreciate went. a villain with efficiency. This is true. Um they get out, they drive in their Honda, and then suddenly the car – the whole – you can tell they – and it's – I think it's a full-blown, like, cabin. I don't think it's a miniature. Oh, um, no. It is a miniature. It is a miniature? It's got to yes. be a big miniature, though. Yeah, it was – from what I remember of the footage, the behind-the-scenes footage, it looked decently sized. Um, They blow it up, but it's obviously you do use a phone for, like, a wide shot. Yeah. Um. But like they blow it up, and they have like three different angles on this on this explosion, and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite thing apart about of this is Kamen Rider just is okay. <laughs> yeah, he just Everything jumps out. and fine the,
0: <laughs> in the perfect time.
1: <laughs> like he his armor's not dirty or on fire. He's he looks fine. His bike's fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he he he's just like it is. I'm that off is this.
0: that is the most Kamen Rider thing.
1: It is, and I appreciate
0: he, he, that. I've, he he just has so much plot armor in the show. It's actually really funny. Some some of the things he
1: he survives <laughs> in More the like original. Like when he grows big in Ultran versus Kamen Rider, <laughs> just 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 to fight. Yeah, plot convenience. I love Kamen Rider. So then he gets on his bike and he chases after a uh, uh, spider rog
0: Yeah, and we get an awesome transformation sequence on it. Yes, we do. Both his bike, the cyclone transform, and Rider's helmet also transforms to the main Rider helmet.
1: Which I thought looked really good. And what I really liked, so he catches up and he actually somehow passes them and stops them. And (laughs) then from here we get a very Showa-esque Kamen Rider fight. (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. But that is the dam that they filmed on 50 years ago. Am correct. I wrong?
0: You are correct. Okay. It is the dam they used. And how a lot of the shots, he, like the way the fight actually starts, like the first few shots when uh, he's fighting the he runs, straight up recreations of the original. I
1: love that. I love that. I loved how they just jumped out of nowhere. And like mm-hmm. I, I love that. Because yeah. that's something I recognized in Kikaida. And I'm pretty sure in Kikaida, they used the same dam for a few. Uh, episodes oh, i wouldn't doubt that <laughs> um so like i loved seeing that mm-hmm. and at the end of the scene too they show Common rider driving off on it i'm like this looks like the show i like Common rider mm-hmm. um just in hd and widescreen i was like this is this is the perfect stylistically speaking this is the best shin movie
0: oh abs- absolutely honestly and it's it's the most tokusats it's the truest tokusatsu shin movie as well (laughs) it is
1: so we get the grunts and i love how the grunts fight and then we get (laughs) spider og and kamen rider fighting now during the this we get the beginning of the cgi flying stuff Mm -hmm. flying in air quotes they're just jumping really high and and like Mm. dragon ball zing it with their kicking and whatnot
0: yeah um i mean here i think it looks mostly fine honestly it looks fine but like it's noticeable, but it's not too bad. It's not too bad. And I mean, I'm I, I... really cool hidden in this sequence as well. Like, like how all the shocker grunts, how they're the same height, but like in, when they actually filmed this, there was a wide range of different heights for the actors. <laughs> some of them were really tall. Some of them were really short. Mm-hmm. So it's actually really cool to see how, you know, they look, they all look even in the final shot.
1: <laughs> right that's interesting i didn't know that that's yeah. actually really cool I'll have
0: after send you like the the vfx reels
1: please do i'd be really curious to see like the effects behind this film because you are right this is the most tokusatsu of all of the the shin movies mm. um, i mean just the
0: fact that we've had like multiple miniature shots that were very noticeable as well yes <laughs>
1: And noticeable in a good way, they just yeah. they look like miniatures, and mm-hmm. that's they don't look fake, they look like miniatures, mm-hmm. which is great mm-hmm. there's a difference I think between miniatures and looking fake
2: mm-hmm.
1: um like in Death Kappa, that city is kind of made to look fake
2: mm-hmm.
1: Miniatures are made to look real, but they have a special style, and yeah. that special style is beautiful, yeah um. So during the, the Spider-Og and, and Kamen Rider fight, we get what I thought was really cool. So this is my first ever henshin kick I've ever oh. seen. And I was like, oh my god, this thing is like really dramatic, but it's so cool. Like that is the signature Common Rider thing is the henshin kick. Well, the rider kick. <laughs> right, the rider kick. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. I love how he's, like, flying across the entirety of this dam to kick Spider-Rog. Oh,
0: yeah. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> and I mean, frankly, I, in the original show, the rider kicks aren't as cool, sadly. Right, but, <laughs> I mean, they, they were very limited. Yeah. Um. It's very much like I, to my understanding, it's like how Showa Ultraman had a low angle shot of of the Ultra like doing twists and kicks. Leo even had the rider kick. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe it was Leo. It might have been Taro, but one of those it was probably Leo. Uh. One of those had it where an Ultra would do a kick and like they would uh rotos- rotoscope. They would they would color on like flames on the kick.
0: Yeah. When he was I mean... doing it they they would do that in some later common rider shows like common rider black has like a flame effect on the kick but like mm-hmm. the original common rider um is a bit more i guess raw in how it's done it's very i don't want to i guess the word i want to say is shoddy but that's not quite the word i'm looking Draw for film making i guess in a in a, in a sense um it it's just it's very unrefined.
2: <laughs> hmm
0: Not as impactful as it would become in later uh shows. But right. it's still it's still an iconic staple of the series. Right. Especially when they'd introduce the double rider kick and all that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So Common Rider obliterates Spider-Rog. Yeah. Um and then we get some more exposition between Ruriko and Hongo, um, mm-hmm. where they, they kind of go back and forth. And and we're to me, it seems like this first act is about Ruriko. The three acts to this film, the first part's about Ruriko and mm-hmm. her story. And we get a lot of understanding her relationship with her father and how the rest of this film kind of develops, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And like I said, from here, we get a great shot of Common Rider driving off, looking very Showa-esque. Yeah. And as he's driving off, we get <laughs> a really, really, really cool cameo. So I, I should explain why I'm really excited about this cameo. <laughs> so my Discord profile that you can see on the Kaiju Conversation Discord server for the last like five years – it's not been five years. It's like three. The last three <laughs> years has been <laughs> – A Toei superhero that I've never watched, but he looks so cool, and I would love to watch it. And it's Robot Detective K. Yes. And Anno integrated Robot Detective K into Kamen Rider as this... He's not a villain, but he works... He's with the villains. Yeah. He's a robot that's designed to observe... And like be a detective and figuring out how they how humans function really cool, um, just watch and observe, yeah, (laughs) and figure out what makes them happy. And I I really find it so cool how he's watching how like Hongo and Ruriko and Ichimonji eventually how they view happiness and how like Spider-Og and and bat og and cobra og and or i guess not cobra og but mantis chameleon og and and all that like how they view find happiness i just yeah. think that's really cool um it and, was so
0: awesome i i remember back like before the film came out everyone was
1: shocked when he appeared in this prequel manga <laughs> and we we're it's, like, it's really what? cool and i love how he puts a rose in for the the people and the ogs that he cared about, in air quotes. Yeah. That's a really cool detail. And when you watch his animation, because he's fully animated, mm-hmm. they have it so it's a little, like, jumpy. So he looks yeah. like a robot moving. Which is a cool little effect. I mean, it, it, it kind of looks a little wonky, but I think it's a cool effect nonetheless.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So from here we 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 go to Hongo and Ruriko walking to this building, and uh, I love there. It's a small detail here, but I love it. So while they're walking to the building, Cyclone is driving itself behind like a little puppy, and I was just like, oh my god, that's so like I love that. <laughs> it, it's a tiny little detail but it's so like oh little yeah.
0: cyclone i remembered hearing about that and, and was so excited for that
1: <laughs> it, it's great it's it's a subtle detail that i don't think anybody really would acknowledge but i i, I just I, I loved it i don't think it's acknowledged by any of the characters in the film either it's not it's, it's not probably, in How it's probably a tribute
0: to carmen Ryder black honestly because because the bike in that was like a living organism in and of itself,
1: so it, well, they do say at the beginning of the film, uh Shinya Tsukamoto's character says that the bike is wired to be like
0: uh oh yeah, 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 to like pair with like the
1: the um this the helmet the helmet and the um the chest, mhm, but i either way, it's still really cool that he's like. The the bike is his own character, and he's basically indestructible. Like, he goes through the explosion fine, and, like, he flies off the mountain fine, yeah, and and all this, and he's so just good. fine. So good. So, from here, they go into this uh, penthouse where, like, they're supposed to be safe, and two government officials... Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, ...are here
1: <laughs> waiting on them. And they're... They... uh Ruriko, who's established, doesn't trust people, but is always prepared, talks to them, finds out who they are. They're like the anti-shocker unit.
0: Yeah. And
1: they make a deal that they'll follow Ruriko and Hongo.
0: Interesting cast members.
1: (laughs) Yes. I I, I'm I want us at the end of this to talk about them because at the end is where I think Mm -hmm. the biggest discussion is for their characters, is.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean there's Um, a little reveal. (laughs) There is. So they're, they they talk about Shocker, and in this we get a flashback sequence talking mm. about the founding of Shocker. And in this, so I don't know how accurate this is. So Rex, I want you to talk about it, but I have a question. Okay. Does Robot Detective J exist, or is that like an original character? I don't know okay. about J. Okay. I know about K. So, so like,
0: teach okay. me. So. For the audience that hasn't seen the movie, basically uh in this scene, we discover that the founder of Shocker was a rich billionaire who funded, drafted, and created an AI program known as i um i um, Shocker is intent on sort of leading mankind to pure happiness that's what they say um I create a program an AI program called J to help it monitor the outside world, basically allowing it, feeding it information on things. Um, But J would eventually later be turned into, would be later replaced with K. So this J is actually a reference to the early version of robot detective K who, so, like, there's photos of, like, an old suit 4 K, that instead of having, like, the logo K on his belt, had the letter J. And I don't remember the exact name they had for him, but I think it was, like, Show or something was one of the early names for K. So, yeah, it's just a reference to, like, the early version of Robot Detective K.
1: Now did and... Jay make an appearance? No. Or was no. that like a a concept? It's just
0: it's just an early like name for him where he was called like the Joker and all that. Um although his car would later be named the Joker. It also might be a Kakaida reference having Jay's face in this film being split in two.
1: Yes. I noticed that too. <laughs> Cause one half is like Wires and the other side's complete. Yeah, um, kind of like Kakita, except Kakita is a little more drastic, a little different. um yeah. it is a cool little visual Easter egg. But I, I was very confused on the J and K thing. I got K, but I didn't know what J was. Yeah, um, no, J that... was
0: just like an early like name for Kakita, pretty much. Or no, Kakita, I'm gotcha.
1: um, K. <laughs> gotcha. So in in the flashback too, where intro did you bring up? Is it I? Yeah. Okay. Which I thought was interesting, like this supercomputer that... Yeah. Uh, that, that's Setting like... up for a sequel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know where that goes.
1: <laughs> so, what I really like, and I, and I don't know, like at this point I, it's clear that Shocker is an establishment of like an AI which is really cool because uh, precast we were talking about like, could we do an AI episode with how much audio we have of our to- of us talking? Like, could we create an entire episode just based off of what we've already done?
0: AI is um, terrifying. It,
1: it <laughs> so is. Kind, of, kind of makes
0: this movie a bit more relevant <laughs> and makes right. people potential
1: potentially very relevant
0: to and the modern times.
1: That's what's really cool is, like, Shocker in this is an AI that's designed to help humanity, which is what AI is supposed to be. Well,
0: not Shocker in and of itself, but, like, Shocker is being led by the AI.
1: Right. An AI designed to figure out how to help humanity and make it happy.
0: Yeah. Um, Shocker's abbreviations are even... uh, Sustainable Happiness Organization with Computational knowledge embedded remodeling
1: which was really cool and to my understanding that's not what the the original shocker is very much just like an evil organization
0: yeah they're literally just nazis (laughs) they're Um, former nazis um yeah i mean that they're in the prequel manga there's a little bit of a nazi thing with um so in in carmen rider in the original show there's like these different generals for Shocker. So there's like Ambassador Hell. Um, there's Dr. Shinigami played by Hideo Amamoto. And then there's mm-hmm. one called Colonel Zoll, um, who was a former Nazi general or Colonel. Um, he's not, none of them sadly appear in this movie, but both uh, Dr. Shinigami and uh, Colonel Zoll or a version of them, have both appeared in the prequel manga uh, Mm -hmm. Shocker Side. And so, yeah, even though Colonel Zoll isn't a former Nazi, he is sort of like a neo-Nazi in that.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So... Bear in mind, he's only just been introduced.
1: (laughs) Okay, so in the manga...
0: Oh, it is? Yeah, it's still ongoing. Like, the newest chapter only came out, like, in day or two ago, and I haven't okay. been able to read that yet.
1: So is that, like, something that'll just be ongoing until they, like, decide to wrap it up, or is it, like, something in, that will tie in to <sighs> Kamen Rider? Do you know?
0: Well, we don't know. I mean, there's ties to, like, Shin Kamen Rider, obviously, because, like, Robot uh, Detective K is in it. Uh, there's some mm-hmm. exposition on, um, like, Shocker and... I mean, most importantly, this, it gives us backstory to uh, Kumo Og, the spider, uh, Sasori, the scorpion Og, as well as uh, the Midorikawa family.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. Now that I know a little bit more about Shocker, that that helps explain a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So after this, they, they agree to go take down Bat Og. Yeah. Which has established a stadium where he's conducting research on viruses. Which mm. I is that from the original show, or is that just oddly relevant to modern um, day society? So, like
0: in the original show, he does like basically he's a vampire bat, so uh, he bites people. And in the original show, he basically takes control over everyone in a in a hotel building.
2: <laughs> okay
1: and they have to find a cure okay kind of like wasp og in this movie yeah sort of actually yeah okay because i was like man this is oddly relevant to like <laughs> recent events which by the way bad og looks really cool i love the the makeup and the makeup prosthetics. For him, yeah um and, I love, and honestly, I love
0: the suit he's wearing too Especially yes, with the, the suit, hat.
1: <laughs> the suit's very stylish. I and this is I'm gonna just say this now. I love the suits for every oh, yeah. Og common writer. Like they all look great. I love the
0: costume design for this movie. There was one I did not like at first, um, but I have grown
1: to sort of like it a bit more. Okay. Um if you wanna hold off on revealing that till we yeah. get to Okay. Um, so okay, we'll continue. So, I mean, I love the Bat Og thing. So, Ruriko goes in solo. Hmm. This is where we're introduced to Kay again, which I again, I love his presence. Like, he's, he's so just nice. there to watch. He and like, he doesn't stop Ruriko, even though Ruriko pulls out a gun. Like, he's just like, I'm here to watch. You mm-hmm. look great. It's like, wow, I love <laughs> his character. Like, <laughs> I could get I could get behind him as a character, and then we find out Batog has his hypnotic uh, virus. Yeah, that he's com- he's uh, completed and he's going to use. He also has like some robots. <laughs> <laughs> he he has some robots, uh, and then Ruriko fails, and this is Hongo's like. Uh, call to action
0: moment in the movie where he has to prove himself because uh ruiko she went on her own
1: because she did not trust hongo's
0: uh dedication to fight
1: and i forgot to mention this earlier it's established that hongo does not like violence and he doesn't want to kill people yeah he wants to help people Mm -hmm. but he's a very
0: very very kind man almost basically being both his strongest asset and his biggest weakness
1: and it's something that uh he has to overcome that, that kindness in his call to action to save Ruriko. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like Ruriko had this planned because Common Writer shows up and he just drives in. Like he drives in and he's on a stage. It's like, man, this this feels very common writer-esque. Like this just feels right. I love how um, theatrical this movie gets with it at times. It does. <laughs> um And actually, remind me, I'm going to write a note real quick, because there's something about theatricalness and later on um, that I wanted to bring up that I really liked and noticed. Interesting. Um, So we were introduced to a stadium full of Rurikos and Man Bat standing upside down, watching. (laughs) And this is where he's like, you need to surrender and surrender to my virus and you can be my Uh, uh, slave which Hongo obliges by, and he's told to kill Ruriko. And then this is where some, where it seems like Ruriko knew everything was going to happen and planned it out. And so they end up, uh, besting Bat-Og.
0: Yeah. Cause this she rewrote where... the code, like the code or something for his virus.
1: <laughs> yes. So is that okay? Ruriko in this movie is really weird <laughs> and I'm like I obvious there's an obvious thing that we're we'll talk about um in the next sequence, I believe. But before that, is she always like this like armed and prepared and like knowledgeable in the in the show, or is this like Oh something god no. Where...
0: Oh god no. <laughs> so so She's basically just the damsel in distress in the original show. Um like the only like substantial so, in the original show, she's only in the first 13 episodes. Um, okay. It's said in episode 14 that she goes to help fight uh, Shocker with Takeshi Hongo uh, when he goes to, like... I think he went to South America or Switzerland or something. I don't quite mm-hmm. remember. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, and that's the last she's ever mentioned. Because um, Carmen Rider... There's a bunch of female characters and they
1: all of them get replaced <laughs> again oh. and again <laughs> throughout the so, show. So is all of this like brand new or is, what was it like in the manga uh, or what, where did Ruriko's character besides the name and backstory, like where, where, where does it come from? Um, yeah. I mean, the, a lot of people
0: have pointed to Evangelion, um, with Ruiko's character being a lot like Ray, So they okay. like the, sh- the uh, short haired girl um, who's very quiet, doesn't trust a lot of people. But eventually, through her interactions with the main character, sort of grows to be a bit more trusting and open with people. Um, okay. I'll say that a lot of people, when it first came out, were making a lot of Evangelion comparisons to this movie. See, I, I don't see that a
1: I... very little bit but it's way overblown <laughs> i i i'll be honest like i i don't feel any eva in this movie I only
0: feel it a little bit at like a little bit if i squint my eyes a bit
1: like and this is something i appreciate about this movie is i don't feel shin godzilla or evangelion I do like there is an obvious Shin Ultraman thing that I'm going to bring up here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, this movie does not feel like any of Anno's other Shin movies. And I love that. It kind of yes reminds no. me of Cutie I would, Honey.
0: I would agree and disagree with that not feeling like all the Shin movies because there's one thing I want to bring up later where I feel like it's been a there is one thing that's been very consistent across the three movies that like it's one issue that a lot of people have brought up for all of them that I think is interesting. Okay. Um, But we'll talk about that a bit later, I'd say.
1: Okay. Okay. So, oh, I had a thought. Where did <laughs> it go? Uh, Shin Ultraman? Oh, I, I was going to bring up, Uh, like to me, honestly, the thing this reminds me the most of is cutie honey. Oh, um, right. Like, I mean, it's, f- when we covered cutie honey we brought up common rider a lot mm-hmm. and i kind of feel like that's that is definitely the precursor to to shin common rider um in many regards here because cutie honey has the same like there's your your henchman and like the 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 hero appears at the top of the building and the zoom in and and like a lot of those uh i mean the first fight
0: of um Uh, Cutie Honey recreates uh, the first fight uh, – shots from the first fight in uh, Kamen Rider, which that fight is also – has other shots recreated in this
1: film during the spider augment sequence. So, like, I kind of want to watch Cutie Honey and then watch Shin Kamen Rider right after to see, like – because, like, there's almost a 20-year gap there. Like, I'm really curious to see how he's adapted in in 20 years for that, like, early 70s Henshin Hero Showa movie adapting a television show. Because that's undoubtedly what Cutie Honey is supposed to be Mm
2: -hmm. beyond
1: adapting an animation or an anime. Yeah. But uh, going back into the movie... uh, I, I love the Man Bat sequence. Like once Man Bat realizes he's screwed, he flies off, and then I love how she pulls um,
0: out a shotgun,
1: <laughs>
0: just out of nowhere. Like and they like I remember the scene earlier um, when she was talking to uh, one of the government officials, where she's like, "They give her a gun, and she's like, I need a spare magazine.'" Gives it to her, and she's like, "I'm always prepared." I'm going to need another gun. <laughs> and then in this scene, she pulls out her second gun. I love that. Just it's that it's really funny. Chekhov's gun set
1: up and payoff. And then, so this is where we get Cyclone flying, too, during the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I was, so in Kikaida, Kikaida's bike, it, it flies. Yeah. So when Mambat was flying away and he was like, huh. I can fly higher than you can jump. What are you going to do? I was like, please, for the love of God, have Cyclone fly. And that's what happened. I was like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I was so excited. I was like,
0: I burst out laughing in the sequence. I love it. It's, it's so perfect.
1: (laughs) I I loved it. I was so happy with it. Um, and then it ends with like another, like writer kick. Yeah. Um, which, like, absolutely destroys the bat. <laughs>
0: Bro, there's so much blood that comes out of his foot.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this is where I feel like I caught a... An- I-, I did see an Eva reference here, potentially. So after the fight, Hongo and Ruriko meet on a train tracks. Now, mm-hmm. Rex, is that not the poster for Evangelion 3.0 plus
0: 1.0? I mean... Yeah, Arno, lo- I Arno loves the visuals of train tracks. So like, it's kind of just a recurring visual that appears in uh, the rebuild of Evangelion series. Because
1: <laughs> like, I saw that I was like, wait a minute, I've seen this before. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out, and I want to say it was the three point one point poster. Yeah, but I don't oh, yeah, remember. Yeah. You,
0: no, it is. It is on the in on one of the posters for that film. Was like, ah okay yeah because there's a poster of shinji just walking across the train tracks
1: but i was like oh that's really cool and you can actually still see the blood on hongo's boot yeah which is a really cool like little detail also at this point has he said he's he's already brought up that he's called kamen rider right like that's yeah. something yeah, he, he says that during in uh the, spider the so this is a nitpick, and that's why I don't think I brought it up before. Oh, but I think I know the, what is. the subtitles for the English release—they call him masked felt Rider. the need to call him masked writer, even though it's marketed as Shin Kamen Rider. He's like Kamen Rider, but in the subs, it's masked writer. I'm like, why? 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 It was probably, it was probably
0: um, these subs were probably supplied by Toei.
1: They were. Um, But the dude who made them, his name's Chad, and uh, he got credit like he should, and and actually Matt brought this up in a stream he did. But there's some stuff at the end that should have been subtitled that was not, that I was pissed about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about those once we get there, but we still have like two-thirds of the movie Mm -hmm. to get through to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I've heard a
0: little bit of criticism for some of the subtitle. Uh, choices in this. Um, obviously, the Masked Rider thing. That might, to be fair, that could also be like Toei influenced as well with them, right? Because like Toei does the push mask, mask, mask Rider writer. title. They push it for um, merchandise like this, for like the seventies, common Rider stuff, and or seventies to like early two thousand stuff. Because that's Which generally is weird. what it was called. I mean, even in like some of the like shows they were called a uh, master rider i've heard it's probably just like a trademarking thing because of like the already established trademarks right but yeah it is
1: what it is <laughs> gotcha <laughs> not much we can do about it i'm afraid right so following this so after man bat is uh scorpion or not man bat bat og yeah uh, is this is where so they kind of slow down here and but they also speed up too after this is scorpion og correct yes and so scorpion og appears but she is dispatched by the anti-shocker <laughs> uh organization <laughs> now her suit looks really cool and i love her i love her acting um Mm-hmm. Like the character is really fun and and what little she's in, yeah, um which is really nice it it's it's it was just like man i i enjoyed this sequence, this is really nice,
0: yeah, this is a really um, fun sequence and and the way it ends of from just killing her off screen
1: <laughs> that was so funny, but i i I think I already brought this up, but I might have wrote it down twice. I love how established shocker feels, mhm. Like it doesn't like it goes in th- wanting you to believe that Shocker's been around for a long time because yeah. there's an anti-Shocker unit, there's Shocker stadiums, mm-hmm. there's like all of the Ogs are like already oh, yeah. built and like they're they're doing their thing. Oh yeah. Um, I mean in this every- universe, Shocker has been around for
0: like a- abs for like. A fair few years, um, because like one of the characters that is not been introduced yet, um, was essentially indoctrinated into Shocker when he was like, um, 10 years old, mm-hmm. um, and he later becomes the main villain of this film, right? Oh, which I, we I did should get also a hint mention at- that
1: Shocker is basically a cult in this film. I feel like, wasn't there a reference... So something in uh, the marketing referenced modern day... Oh,
0: yeah. So, like, the whole thing with, like, Shaka's, like, goal being, like, to leading of all of mankind to happiness, that's a reference to the happy science uh, cult in Japan.
1: Now, that was used in uh, 20th Century Boys, am I correct? I wouldn't know. Okay.
0: Um. But, yeah, Shaka is, like very consistently portrayed as a cult through both this film in the, and the manga it's established in both that shocker essentially, um, exploits and, and like recruits the most vulnerable people at, in their moments of desperation. So like in the manga, uh, Kumo, the spider augment joined shocker, um, because he had lost all his faith in humanity from the suicide of his lover, um, mm-hmm. who he feels responsible for the death of. Um, Hongo, um, is in despair for the death of his father. Um, so that's partly why he's turned into Kamen Rider, but also because Midori Kawa believes Hongo would be able to defeat Shocker. Sasori, the Scorpion Og was, brought in there because, well, frankly, she was abused by her father. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and, oh, and this... and Hiroshi Midorikawa, uh, Ruiko's father, was brought in because uh, his wife had just died. And so, Shoka gave him a job, or no, sorry, he was first brought in, he was first introduced to Faust, which was a, a group in sh- related to Shaka, his wife had brain damage so they wanted him to develop a weapon that would connect the brain that he hoped would be able to help save his wife but then when she died, they brought him on to Shaka to um, research Prana the life energy
1: gotcha there is a lot of lore here in that <laughs> manga. Yeah.
0: There's a fair bit. And
1: like it's, it's still ongoing. I feel like it's going to be ongoing for a while at that point. Oh, probably. <laughs> so if I correct me if I'm wrong here, but after the Scorpion Og's death, we kind of get a bit of a slowdown here where we go through Ruriko and Hongo's relationship. Right? Or is I mean... that? No, not, that's after really that's after Wasp Og. Right? Yeah. Um, but at this point in the film, we've already went through Spider Og. We've had a hint at another augment. We've had uh, Bat Og, and then we had Scorpion Og. And at this point in the movie, I realized that the, the one thing that really this film definitely shares with Shin Ultraman is is it's very episodic. Yes. It definitely feels like a compilation movie which was something that Shin Ultraman did which the issue that Shin Ultraman had that Shin Kamen Rider actually fixes like I they 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 fixed the problem was Shin Ultraman basically had two parts be the exact same thing just with different characters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas in this film they they amend that. The oggs all have different things. They all all have an end goal of bringing happiness, but it's yeah. different. Spider ogg views happiness as uh, death to everybody.
0: Yeah, killing humans. That's that's um, what he finds enjoyment in. That's what gives him happiness.
1: Bat ogg finds happiness in everybody f- being in Infe- superiority. Right, and then scorpion ogg. Uh, just gets uh, sh- ecstasy from killing people, and also,
0: right. um and is also spoil in the manga is a bit of a pedo.
1: <laughs> okay, well there you go. Well, she's a, um more just horny. I, I I could tell. I could definitely. <laughs> she tell. was
0: very horny in the manga.
1: <laughs> um, Scorpion Og specifically felt very much like a Nishim- Nishimura character. Um, yeah, yeah. And her portrayal, which I appreciated, like to, like in in Nishimura films in that Typhoon Sushi Nikatsu Fever Dreams Media Blasters era, it felt like a lot of characters were like just horny on main and very sexual in how they look and how they fought, mm-hmm. um, and how like their dialogue. Yeah. And Scorpion Og definitely felt that way, and I know Ano was in a few of those. Uh, as an actor so I'm, i i kind of wonder <laughs> cuz those definitely drew inspiration from from 70s uh tokusatsu henshin heroes yeah um like machine girl robo geisha definitely did um so I, I i i really do wonder if if Anno was paying homage to the homages that were more intense which in Kamen is supposed to be more intense as well Perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, Scorpion's design
0: has um, a couple tributes um, in it. Not necessarily to Nishimura films, but more just to uh, 70s toku.
1: <laughs> it definitely reminded me of some of the dark uh, uh, robots from Kikaida, but what else did it draw inspiration from? I don't know if there's any like Kikaida
0: references in it, but... Um, so, like, the emblem uh like her actual scorpion emblem is basically just the Destron logo from V3 Destron oh. being uh the re- basically the replacement group for Shocker mhm um and her the mask she wears is based on a character is like inspired by the mask design of a character called Hell Dragon from uh Zubat
1: Oh interesting yep. so from here Ruriko and Hongo kind of go off on their own because, I mean, they're told they're not needed for Scorpion Ogg. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're just kind of relaxing. It should be noted
0: that uh, there was a Scorpion uh, Ogg venom that was collected by the government agents during their little right.
1: sting operation. And while unintended. Ruriko and Hongo are, are off doing their thing, they're, they're just relaxing like cooking. And, and here we get some more development for Hongo um, that's a little later,
0: but yeah, that is true. They do do that. <laughs> isn't it right here? Because this
1: is the segue mm, into... No,
0: not yet. It it happens... So they're just... After Scorpion's death, um, they're just walking through a town. They've been told that their next target is...
1: Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Wasp. And this town's really weird because it doesn't... Like, it looks weird. It looks like it's inside of a big building. <laughs> yeah. That's right, and then and I noticed it right away. Like everybody's walking and and, and following unified them. lines. Yep. And then when they stop, they're like, "Oh, this is the doing of uh, Wasbog. And from here, they they go to the Wasbog Tower, where <clears> throat> we throat> find out Wasbog knows Ruriko like personally. Yeah. Um, and they're sent in like initially to do like a peace treaty, but it it, it doesn't work. <clears throat> um, and they. Run away. And this is where they have their little like on the side of the road in the alleyway, like eating food. Where we're introduced to the first weird thing about Ruriko, uh with her eyes, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Her eyes glow um, blue. Her eyes glow blue. And she's talking about re is it restructuring wasp ogs control? or is no, this
0: where she brings up the butterfly butter-org. og. Yeah, it's That's
1: butterfly right. og. <laughs> to, <laughs> to slow down butterfly og from from becoming butterfly og. Um
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure she just said I, yeah, what she said was she wanted to like finish working on his like program. It which is what the subset which I found weird. I didn't I I don't understand why she's working on. Well, okay, I can see a reason for it, um, because of who Butterfly Org is, but also like, she, technically, if she's f- finishing his his program, she's helping Shocker. <laughs> right?
1: No, I so I was, I, I was very
0: I don't know if that's a mistake in the subtitles, if that's just what's said in the film. I don't know. I know there are a couple lines that I've been told are just wrong (laughs) in how they're translated, but Mm -hmm. I don't know enough Japanese to really say if this line is wrong, if it's different lines. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But I, I also found it just really weird how Ruriko just... Suddenly, like, is coding and like gets new code. Like it, it, it does feel a little weird throughout the film how she's able to code kind of on the fly. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, they they did establish it a little earlier with like the man bat. They just didn't directly show it um, with her eyes until this sequence, right? Yeah, no, I um, do agree. It's a little bit weird,
1: but here we're introduced that Hongo is kind of like that free spirit person who gets on his bike and rides and, yeah. and just wants to feel free um mm-hmm. the american dream <laughs> uh when they're interrupted by waspog's drones which are yeah. people that are controlled um and they go back with mm-hmm. an ultimate plan to defeat waspog yes and um, that, and ruiko she doesn't trust the plan she comes to trust Hongo. Which is... It, the development in this Wasp Og sequence is really good. Mm. Um, so Ruriko goes to waspog's tower and is on top... They're on top of the tower um, where she agrees to fight uh, Wasp Og. And... Notice how the shocker grunts her here. <laughs> oh, it's this scene. Yes. That makes sense because they do disappear.
0: Yeah. That's right. I've seen... So I watched uh, most of the NHK behind-the-scenes documentary. I didn't understand mm-hmm. most of what was being said, but I did watch it. There is behind-the-scenes... They did film a fight between Ryder and the uh, Shocker Grunts here. Mm-hmm. That has been cut. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's so, it's not super noticeable, but, like, if you pay attention and realize that there's shocker grunts there that just disappear.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it follows suit with Showa Rider a bit, I would I guess, imagine. I, ge- I guess. It's it's not too horrible, but
0: if you're paying attention, you'll notice it. Right. I only noticed it because... I only realized it because I uh, noticed afterwards that, like, after the spider Orkman scene, the male shocker grunts never really do anything again mm-hmm. because like this is their last appearance in the film just this one sh- this like one or two shot of them standing uh alongside uh wasp
1: right hmm. that, that's <laughs> actually really true um and this is where Common Writer comes from the sky
0: yes and surprises uh with wasp with the help Bog. of the U.S. air forces
1: I, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, what? When 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 it was a USAF, I was like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. unexpected. Kamen <laughs> Rider's doing some Iron Man stuff now. Mm. <laughs> um which so during this sequence, I love the fight here. Um the fight's really cool with how fast uh, Wasp Bog is going. Um, the sword fight between Waspog, Common Rider, and, uh, Waspog's... Her, her,
0: assistant, her
1: assistant. Yes. I love that. Mm, One thing I really do cool. think is weird, and I love how they're moving fast and Common Rider has to, like, keep track, um, during this fight sequence, it definitely feels a little anime with, like, the mo- motions.
2: Yeah. Um...
1: Which is, you know, I which is fine. I, I think it's good. It works for the most part. I think it is a little jarring with the rest of the tone being Showa-esque, but it doesn't really devalue or mess anything up. Yeah. It's just a little different. Yeah, I wish, I wish they had,
0: I wish the bit where like Hachi or Wasporg actually has a mask on and they're actually fighting. I wish a bit less of that was CG, mm-hmm. uh, but
1: whatever it works fine enough <laughs> right now during this i this fight specifically i noticed that there's something in all of the fights that's really 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 weird mm-hmm. what's with the pop music oh well <laughs> like it doesn't make sense like why is there so much pop music in all the fight sequences in this movie
0: that's considered pop music
1: Interesting. It felt like it.
0: I don't know. It's it's yeah. All the oggs sort of have this theme.
1: I love and it. Just it. <laughs> it's just weird. Like it's it's a little catchy, theme. but it's it's just it's weird that it, it plays every time there's a fight. No, I love this theme. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Um, <laughs> but so after the sword fight and the fast fight, uh, Hongo goes to do the ultimate henshin kick. And what I find really cool about this is Waspbog is down for the count. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to win. Yeah, But Hongo does not kill Waspbog. Mm. Hongo leaves Wasbog to live. And mm. this is where we get more development of Ruriko having feelings. Mm-hmm. Which now really starts to show. And then this is where we find out that they grew up together. Um... Mm -hmm. And this like really touching moment ends in a heartbreaking moment where the government officials come out of, out of the tower. They just show up and they pull out a gun and they're like, bam. And And they shoot her with
0: Scorpion Orc's venom.
1: Which kills her. Mm -hmm. And this puts Ruriko into a very emotionally unstable spot. Yeah. And from here, they go back to the lab or the penthouse the secret base quick thing um, i want Ru- to mention though it's really cool that they
0: actually combined two characters into Waspog from the original show they did yeah so her name in this film is hiromi that's her actual name uh hiromi was Ruriko's best friend in the original show <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the best friend in Waspog got combined yeah okay now what happened to her in the original show um, I think she lost like,
0: two more episodes. I think she, yeah, I'm pretty sure she disappears after episode, like, 15 or 16. <laughs>
1: does she die or does she just disappear?
0: Disappears. All no. the female characters in the show just disappear, basically.
1: Oh. Huh. Isn't that lovely? So, after this, we, we kind of get Ruriko in kind of a whining, complaining mode. Yeah, Um, But this is also where I think we see her most, like, interesting moments. So when they get back to the base, she's clearly upset. And she's like, I need to go shopping. I need clothes. Uh, You smell awful, she tells Hongo. And that he needs to take a shower and needs to get a new outfit. Uh, Which is all really funny, but also kind of nice or sad because, like, you know, she's over here her best friend's dead and she has nothing left right Mm. um so she the government officials get her new clothes and she changes and then hongo watches his clothes and he's waiting for ruriko to be okay again Mm -hmm. um and then we get a really interesting moment where and the acting here is really good i love the acting in this scene Muriko's yeah. like never leave me like no matter what like uh, unless it's bathroom or I'm sleeping like no, even when she's sleeping <laughs> oh yeah but don't do anything weird she says
2: yeah
1: um just not in the bathroom that's the only time he can't leave her mm-hmm. and so in in Kikaida Jiro and uh the professor's daughter who are our main characters, there's a love interest there, but Jiro is an emotionless android. So, like, it doesn't really... It can't work? Does Ruriko ever have that with Hongo in the original show, or is that something exclusively for Shin Kaman?
2: I
0: mean... So, in the original show, uh, she actually thinks that Hongo killed her father. So for oh. the first few episodes, uh she actually hates Hongo and is trying to get like evidence of uh him killing her father or or like trying to get revenge on him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Until it's proven that no, Hongo's innocent shocker is the real evil. Um gotcha. But in Kamen Rider the First uh a character named Asaka Midorikawa was the lover of a man who got killed uh by Hongo when he was brainwashed by Shaka. Or it was either him or Spider or the Spider that killed uh that man, I don't quite remember. Um, mm-hmm. but the central relationship of that film is the love plot between Hongo and Asuka Midorikawa, but her boyfriend is actually resurrected by Shoka Oh, that's awkward. As Hayato Ichimonji.
1: Oh, that's really (laughs)
0: awkward. (laughs) So there's a love triangle between Kamen Rider 1, 2, and uh, Asuka Midorikawa. Interesting. So
1: speaking of... And then the sequel
0: forgets about her. And she's never mentioned oh. in it.
1: Lovely. So <laughs> speaking of Ichimonji, um, so after the the kind of touching moment between uh, Ryu, Ririko and and Hongo, they go to bed. And mm. in her sleep, she has a dream of her brother, who says that he is fully born and that he will uh, bring happiness. Pretty much. Yeah. She wakes up and she's like, "My brother's awake." And I'm going to be honest, I thought he was Ichimonji. I was like, yes, is, is he Ichimonji? Like, is that Kamen Rider 2? Like, they kind of have an outfit that looks like it could be Kamen Rider 2. <laughs> so, from here, they, I mean, they showed they go, the actual
0: Hayato Ichimonji earlier in the film, though. They showed what? They showed the actual uh, Hayato earlier in the film.
1: Right in the side, which I didn't yeah. see until later on. Um, <laughs> so. Hongo and Ruriko then go to Butterfly Og's lair mm-hmm. after after being told about and sh- being shown
0: a ton of uh, bodies of people who already went to the lair in an attempt to
1: kill him. And they're not actually dead, but their prana's gone, so they're yeah, in this so like souls, limbo state. Yeah, their souls have been
0: taken out of them into a realm called the habitat world or habitat realm.
1: And yeah, <laughs> so is any of that from the original show? No, no. Okay, is that from the manga, or is that just all no. like brand new?
0: This is brand new. The Soprano stuff is, uh, brand new. Um, yeah, gotcha. Anna is world building essentially. Okay,
1: so they go to the butterflies layer. Um, Ruriko tries to defeat butterfly og but butterfly og has already went from the caterpillar to the butterfly um (laughs) and so he's too powerful like that's how they explain it right like that's how i yeah sort of they kind they show him in like
0: his cocoon sort of state earlier Mm -hmm. in the film um but it's a bit weird he's kind of just shown like his face is shown as a weird hologram thing which I was really confused by until
1: yeah, like, later weird. on.
0: I think it's just kind of a reference to how like the great leader of Shocker would be like a voice, just a commanding voice, up until mm-hmm. he would later appear in the show in a red KKK
1: room. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he appears in the show. I mean, fair. I've, I was either expecting like something like that, or he would just look like Hitler. No, they saved that for
0: Kamen for uh common
1: Oh. <laughs> so okay. Um so Ruriko fails to to put her brother down using the Prana. So mm-hmm. uh Hongo like steps in and he's told to buzz off, basically. hmm And then did you sleep uh, with my sister, Hongo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so R- Ruriko passes out because of the power that her brother has. And Hongo goes and, like, embraces her. And this is where that question's asked. And then from here, we're actually introduced to
0: Hayato Ichimonji.
1: Which at this point, I was like, oh, sweet. They are doing two common writers. Like, I know the story behind this. <laughs> um so we get our first mention of the term henshin
0: bro straight up this scene has so many references to hayato's introduction i mean just he's literally quoting what he says from the original
1: <laughs> oh, is he?
0: yeah like the dewa omise shio, let me show you my henshin that that is just straight up a quote from his first scene
1: I'm going to tell my he even does his. Yes. Let me show you my henshin.
0: <laughs> so he does his classic henshin pose, and then he even does. He like, does, and then he does his actual fighting pose from the show that the
1: actor would do. So we also find out he's mind controlled, which yeah. I don't think is a part of the original show. Correct. Uh so Shaka would like brain
0: would like uh, rewire people's brains. Um, mm-hmm. So like. The reason that Takeshi Hongo in the original fight Shocker is because uh, Doctor Midori Kawa took him away from Shoka and rescued him just before they were going to do the brain surgery.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: And then in the original show, Hongo uh, rescued Hayato before the brain surgery off screen <laughs> because, uh, you know, Hongo's actor got injured. So he, so they had to replace him.
1: So okay, so from here, Hongo and Ruriko escape. It's it, I love how Ichimonji's like, I don't know why I'm going to fight you, but I'm told to, mm-hmm. and I'm way better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't need the wind to transform, which I didn't realize that was a requirement for Hongo until this point. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't Hongo, know
2: that.
0: Yeah, so in the original there was no for the first thirteen episodes there's no henshin pose. Hongo transformed with like the power of the wind, essentially. Uh like I guess energizing his belt. Um which in this film is explained because like the piranha is like converted through the wind or something like that. I don't remember the exact words they use. But in this film, Arno sort of reinterpreted it so that just like, Hayato just doesn't need that.
1: <laughs> like, but the, reason, the newer version.
0: Yeah. But the reason in the original show why they actually introduced um, Hayato and introduced the Henshin post specifically was because the actor Takeshi Sasaki didn't actually have a motorbike license at the time when they started filming. So they couldn't film the Henshin sequence of him on the motorbike.
1: And they never realized how influential that would be because that, yeah. that basically established like the next 50 years of Common Writer. Yes. it. so from, so far from, from our discussion, it, to me, it almost feels like Common Rider 71 is like the first Friday, the 13th, where they didn't the really have a lot. Of figu- episodes yes. Yes, where it's like they didn't really have what would become Friday the 13th in that first movie. But yeah. after that first movie, they figured out what they wanted to do, and that's yeah. the iconic part. But in Kamen Rider, it was the first 13 episodes, and then they kind of got the ball rolling. And since then, it's been yeah Kamen Rider ever since.
0: Yeah, because like once Hayato is introduced in the original and Hongo leaves, that's sort of where the henshin pose and all that is introduced that's when the shocker generals start to get introduced but once hongo comes back and takes the reign again that's where the iconic modern like design for the original kamen rider comes in that's when hongo gets his henshin pose um and yeah that's sort of like the i guess you could call it like the friday the 13th part three this franchise if, like, Hayato's arc is the Friday Part 2.
1: Gotcha. So, Ichimonji follows Hongo and Ruriko, and then, like, I love this part. He, Ichimonji, uh, will not fight Hongo until he's fully, (laughs) like, powered up, which I thought was really cool. I love Ichimonji, by the way, like... Honestly, if we're right. talking about characters, he's my favorite character. I love
0: Hayato. Both the original and in this film, I love him.
2: <laughs>
0: um, Kamen Rider 2 is the goat.
1: Yeah, I, I love him. I liked him way more than Hongo. Um, and honestly, from and this is probably the worst thing about the characters in this movie. Hongo is upstaged by every other hero character in this movie. I minus the government officials. For me he is upstaged by Shin, uh, Shinya Sukamoto because it's Shinya Sukumoto. Oh, <laughs> Um but like Ruriko like up until this point has been upstaging Hongo and then anytime Ichimonji is on on screen I feel like Ichimonji uh upstages Hongo.
0: I don't know. I I love all three of these like Characters as new interpretations. I love Hongo. I love, I love this new Hayato, and I love this new interpretation of Ruriko. It helps that Ruriko is
1: actually doing something in this version. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, I just I, I love Ichimonji. Like honestly, he's my favorite character. He's the one I left thinking, oh,
0: man, man, you'll love him in the original as well. Don't worry.
1: Good. You won't um, like
0: him in the first.
1: Oh. He sucks
0: in the first he is the worst part of both like that reboot series oh great he is awful in those movies hmm. he is horribly
1: unlikable <laughs> offensively <I see>. bad <laughs> oh great <laughs> so following this uh ruriko gets off the bike and ichimonji and hongo end up going to this industrialized part of wherever they're at yeah um and they do fighting in the air. They do fighting on land. Like, yeah, they it's, have it's, a it's Dragon Ball Z type fight. Now, during this fight, is this the same place where Ultraman and Zetton fought? Uh, I think you mean Mephiles. Is it? Yes, 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 Mephiles. Yes, I definitely
0: did think of that about that. It's, it's not really the same. Like, I mean, maybe it's the same location. It's just kind of like a factory area Area. i mean here there's at least like more like clearly they're filming on location here right Um, there's a lot of aerial shots with it
1: which i kind of have problem with because like there's you you don't know what you're looking at because both v1 and v2 are kind of hard to see from aerial shots but you know it is what it is
0: not V one, V two, only V three is okay. short the free. <laughs> so so
1: what do I call them? Because in my notes call them V one V two. Yeah, I call
0: them common writer one and two, common writer Ichigo and Nigo. Or in this film it's common writer and then common writer die nigo.
1: <laughs> so it's common writer and common writer die nigo.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just okay. call them. I just call them Ichigo and Nigo because that's who they are in the original,
1: right? But I want to be accurate with with well, the never. names because, like, it's like Zoffy. Die Nigo and...
0: just mean is like so. Where like you got Kamen Rider Two in the original, Die is just Kamen Rider Number
1: Two. Gotcha, Die Nigo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had to I, break I Songa's leg. <laughs> yes, and I love that. So. Like you brought up earlier, so the original Hongo actor had to uh, stop filming *Common Writer* because during filming, he broke his leg. Yeah. And he couldn't do anything. So Toei recast—didn't uh, recast, but they— They got her a temporary replacement actor in Takeshi Sasaki. And I love the reference with uh, Dai— What's what is it? Die common writer Nego. No, no, uh, no, I got it. Die Yes, die uh breaks common writer's leg, mm-hmm. um, with some blood, and it's kind of funny because for the rest of the scene, he's just kind of sitting there, like, and he's limping with his leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like just trying to slog over <laughs> later um, on. And at this point, you think like, what are we gonna do here? Um, but Ruriko gets in front of uh, Dainigo mm. and has somehow been able to rewire his brain so he's no longer controlled by Shocker yeah. and uh, brings Ichi- uh, Ichimonji, Ichimonji back. back. Yes. And while they're doing that, Ruriko goes to check on Hongo and then suddenly, I mean, you see you see a cloak moving. But suddenly, she gets stabbed by Mantis Chameleon Og. Is that what he's called? What is he called? KK
0: Og. Kamikini Chameleon. KK. Mantis Chameleon.
1: So the KK Og stabs Urico, and like, it's a. Like, I'm like, oh, this dude means business. This is scary. (laughs) <laughs> um and like i i honestly i was in such shock that Ruriko was off guard and in the movie she is too she's like i was i wasn't prepared mm. um because she didn't she... even know he existed mm-hmm um he's one of uh kk Og is one of the new uh augs that shocker has been developing
0: yes in a nice little reference to Gel shocker from the original
2: <laughs> he
0: Do is you, can you Elaborate on that. Okay. So, in the original Kamen Rider, in the first eight episodes, two of the kaijin is a deaf chameleon and mantis man.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: They have been combined. Because Arno wanted to include references to all of the kaijin from the first eight episode. He had he decided to merge two of them together into one because he couldn't fit in the eighth one um granted in the final film they have cut out the reference to serentian which is like a plant kaijin so he's so one of the eight isn't mentioned in the film now but whatever so yeah kk org in being a combination of two kaijin or two like to like uh, creatures, the mantis and the chameleon, that's a reference to the Gelshocker faction from the ending of the original Kamen Rider, which their kaijin would be combinations of two separate creatures.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So it's like a double reference. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. But he is such a cool og. Um... I know. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> now, before she uh uh before she gets stabbed, Ruriko gives Ichimonji a red scarf as well. Yeah. Um I guess we never brought up that the red scarf was given to Hongo at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um how, how so Ruriko like one of her early uh, like memories of her dad was him being on a motorcycle with her older brother and him wearing a scarf. Mm. And he, she always wanted well, to not ride memory, behind.
0: But whatever, it's a photo.
1: <laughs> well, her, she had a memory of looking at that photo. Yes, and always wanting to be able to ride behind her dad on the motorcycle. Yeah, and so the the. The scarf is kind of, like, she views that as, like, you have to have that if you're going to ride a motorcycle.
0: And if you're going to um, be a hero.
1: And if you're going to be a hero. Um, so that kind of shows that she always viewed her dad as kind of a hero. Little cool little thing there that she probably didn't mean to, like, Ono definitely meant to put, but, like, the character didn't mean to say. But mm. said anyway. Um, So she gives Ichimonji uh, the scarf gets stabbed and then uh ichimonji comes to his senses and like kicks kk Og to another part of the industrial area they're in and then i i love how he just is standing there and he's like i don't what what it's something along the lines of i don't know who you are but because what you did to the missy you're gonna pay (laughs) Yeah, and this is where I kind of realized that the first act is Ruriko, the second act is really and honestly like it's mostly Ruriko and then it's Hongo and then it's Ichimonji for the third act. So they kind of split it up so the characters get their development through those three parts. Um, Hongo does get a little more development following this scene. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he's been kind of explored, so this is just kind of like filling in the blanks that we don't know. So Ichimonji uh, defeats KK Og, um which is really cool. Um, mm. The ultimate kick where he like flies and like hits multiple things was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> just slamming him through multiple like
1: walls. And then Ruriko dies, which I was really shocked about. Mm-hmm. Um, she transfers data over to Hongo's helmet mm-hmm. and Hongo feels like he has failed because he promised Shinya Tsukamoto's character that he would protect her. Mm-hmm. And he failed! I feel like from this there's a little bit of a time jump but not a lot because after this scene Hongo's foot's fine. Yeah. Yeah, his fo- his.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird how he could just walk again.
1: <laughs> Especially like, okay. after Ichimonji said that it would take a while for that to heal. Yeah. So, I don't know, but soon after that, Ichimonji, or not Ichimonji, Hongo is back to uh, like, back to being good again, where he's then talking to the government officials on the beach about going to butterfly og and mm-hmm. ending it this comes yeah, after he- scene
0: of um uh one of the government officials um just giving hongo some life advice on just moving on and how ha- i'm just becoming a better person moving on from his trauma of his father's death right because
1: yeah, <laughs> in this so before that we have uh ruriko's final message to hongo right that's before this or is it right yeah, after yeah.
0: this no okay. that's before this
1: so ruriko's final message talking about um the scarf and and whatnot and how she likes him as a person um which is really heart uh touching and like Hongo's acting, uh, the actor's acting here is really good with the crying. Yeah. Um, then we get the life advice and we get the backstory for how his father died and why he's, uh doesn't want to kill, but he also knows he has to kill to save people. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that, even when his dad was shot on his deathbed, he wasn't asking about his family. He was asking about the person who shot him and the captive and if they were okay. Um, mhm. Which was really cool. Um and kind of heart heart touching. There's a lot of heart touching moments in in this part specifically. Yeah. Um And then from here uh they're like well are you going to go after butterfly og and and Hongo says yes and he says but can you do me one favor? And it cuts away before we find out what this one favor is. But from here it cuts to Kamen Rider driving with Ichimonji watching from a bridge. And Ichimonji then says, oh, you're going alone, eh? Mm. Well, I, can't I mean, there was also happen. a
0: scene just a little bit before this where Ichimonji said, I'm, I'm not fighting the fight with you. I'd rather fight it on my own.
1: Right. Um, and he says that he's not a fan of people following him. Yeah. Which is or what not a fan officials. of following people. Right, um. So the fact that he was like, "Well, we can't have that happen," I was like, "Oh my God, yes!" Because at first I was like, "No, do not let uh. Die. Die Nego. Nego. Do not let Die Nego just disappear. Like at this point, like I, I'd, I'd hate that. I'd hate it if <laughs> Die Nego just became this character if that I... never appeared."
0: if they didn't give us double rider action after introducing him <laughs> movie would have been an interest, uh, instant zero out of 10
1: so then uh hongo appears at butterfly ogs lair and now it's suddenly bigger because he goes to the uh goes inside and there's a i mean be? we
0: did never see like them entering this is true so yeah, he just goes to an end for a tunnel
1: to the entrance of which is, um, Butterfly Og's chamber. And it's a really, like, this whole sequence is really, really, really dark. Yeah. Um, and this is where the effects do not shine very well. Um, yeah. And this, this is, is also where we divorced. get
0: the appearance of uh, the Shocker Riders,
1: which are common Rider clones that Butterfly Og has made to fight Con- Hongo. Uh, mm-hmm. So. It would be so what what's a, a group of grasshoppers? Is that a horde? Like a horde of locusts? I guess. Yeah, um, I guess. So it's a horde of riders uh that are chasing after Hongo um with machine guns <laughs> and whatnot. Um in this fight, they Hongo rips off the helmet of one, and they look like actual grasshopper people, kind of yeah. like the the uh, aliens from Terraformers. To be honest, um, the K film. I haven't seen it, so oh, well. In that, there's cockroach people, and they kind of look similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Hongo's like his bike's missing, he's on the floor, uh. One of the uh, horde's uh, riders is like on top of him, and he's just firing his machine gun like point blank at his helmet. Yeah. You think it's all over. Ichimonji comes in like a like a <laughs> god, and and is like, "I'm here. Let's let's do this." Yeah. And then they defeat the horde, and they ride to and I somehow cyclone. Mention-
0: before we move on i should mention it is
1: extremely
0: disappointing that 80% of like 90% of this sequence uh, with the shocker riders is cg it yes. is massively disappointing especially having seen the behind the scenes where you know they i mean they do have a couple insert shots of like the actual shocker rider suits but they're very brief, and because the scene's very dark, it's really hard to tell. hmm um, But, like, there was going to be a fight scene in the daylight, and it looked really cool. It was, like, at the factory area from earlier in the film. Huh. Yeah. It's really sad they cut that. And then there's also a version of this sequence that they shot. Instead of being in a tunnel, they shot it, like... um outside um, in the rain in a sort of tribute to the uh, Shocker Riders' first appearance of the manga mm-hmm. when they show up in the rain.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So following the Shocker Riders' fight, Ichimonji and Hongo finally get to Butterfly Og's lair, mm-hmm. where they... Uh, where. So a lot happens, like this is the end of the film. This is the final act, which is a little weird because it doesn't really feel like a final act fight, but it is. So Butterfly Og gets up from his throne that is feeding him Prana. And when he does, Hongo and Ichimonji use their bikes to blow up his throne so he can't get any more Prana. Because mm-hmm. he kind of like he he eats prana, so like mm. that's where he gets his power from. I mean, they all consume prana, <laughs> right? But like that's the he, energy, he consumes it in large amounts. He has a whole yeah. thing like set up for it. Oh yeah, he's like the ultimate uh, og. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing you brought up earlier, how theatrical this film is. The actor for Butterfly Og is moving like he's in a kabuki play. And I yeah. love that. Now that you mention that, yeah. <laughs> Especially when and, like, he gets off from his phone. Mm-hmm. It's very Kabuki-like. And I noticed that from the first moment I watched this movie, I was like, man, his his motions are really exaggerated and really like theatrical. It's just like a Kabuki play, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. I loved that. And then we get... Uh, there, there's some back and forth on on everything. And this is where Butterfly Og finally becomes the Og, like with the uniform and all. Um, as he morphs, like the proboscis that a butterfly yeah. has, like comes out of the middle of his head, which is really, really creepy and cool. And then he shows his mask and puts it on. And it's designed to be a little bit like Inazuman, which is really
0: yeah. cool. Yeah, it's meant yeah like his face is meant to look like uh Inazuman, but then like his actual mask is uh inspired by both kamen rider x and also shadow moon from
1: black and it's cool because he's like i am the original kamen rider because like he was the first to be made and he's like the yeah. ultimate og i um, mean in the so- manga
0: in the manga he get he has like another form um that's like based off a character named crossfire which is like which was basically, like, the uh, concept art for, like, before Kamen Rider, essentially. That's what okay. evolved into Kamen Rider.
1: Interesting. So that's where the Kamen Rider Z- Zero Statement came from. Yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> okay. So, at this moment, uh, Ichimonji and Hongo fight. Butterfly Og. It's obvious Butterfly oh, Og. His belt is also
0: the double is the double typhoon, which is common right of the freeze belt
1: oh really yeah i love that i love i love that little easter egg so they fight it's obvious butterfly augs way more powerful yeah um it gets to the point where both ichimonji and hongo are thrown at the same time and their their helmets just so happen to fall right next to them i love it Mm -hmm. i love the show of stuff and this is where like ichimonji's like do you have a do you like what are we going to do here and Hongo's like, I got a plan. And so this reminded me of, so Ichimonji says, next time you have a plan, tell me. It reminded me a lot of uh in Ghostbusters, Ray is Gozer, the Gozerian asks Ray, are you a god? And Ray says, no. And then Gozer says, then die. <laughs> and the scene after this, Winston Zedmore tells Ray, Ray, if somebody asks you, if you're a god, you say, yes! <laughs> I was like, dude, that's like, it feels so much like Ghostbusters. I doubt it's, like, meant to be, like, a, a callback or a reference to that. But it was the same, like, setup for that line. And I loved that. Um, And then we find out the plan is to get the mask off. He has mm. to have the helmet off. So, the rest of the fight is them trying to get the mask off. And this is where this fight goes stale. Like, I bring up that this doesn't feel like a final fight, and it's because it ends up just being, like, two kids wrestling. It turns into
0: roughhousing.
1: (laughs) And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, I am So, so bored. So,
0: throughout this film's production, Arno had issues oh, so the, with you've, been you've been waiting for this choreography
1: you've been waiting for this the entire time <laughs> so i
0: mean the very first fight of of the film like at in the opening scene that that was filmed like at least at least two two times mm-hmm. um and And Arno wasn't really satisfied with the fight choreography in either. Outright just banning um, the action director from using wire work on the rest of the film, because he felt it looked, not only was the fight too, like, it looked too rehearsed, he also just felt that, like, there was no realism in the wire
1: work. (laughs) And he never needs to watch Princess Blade.
0: <laughs> which is a bit weird when you're doing a Kamen Rider film. Right. Um, I
1: feel like that's like something that's just a bit has Contradictory. To
0: <laughs> Especially when you've literally got a justification for Kamen Rider being able to do his rider kick in the air. Mm-hmm. Like where he's got like the prana that allows him to like, I think they say he can readjust himself in the air in the film. Yes. So like... There would be no issue with wire work because there's an actual justification in the film. But whatever. Um yeah. Arno was basically never satisfied with any of the fights in this film. So that I think that's partly why um the shock the fight with the shocker grunts in the wasp sequence is just removed. I'm pretty sure that's why. Uh and frankly. At a certain point, a lot of the cast and crew were getting sick of it. Um, <laughs> like, there's even parts where, like, in the behind-the-scenes documentary, where uh, Sosuke Ikematsu, Kamen writer Takeshi Hongo's actor, is like, "Oh, what's the point of even filming this? We're gonna we're gonna reshoot this anyways." So,
1: <laughs> so was this like just the end result of like everybody being done with this production? This scene in particular was. Where was
0: where it sort of came to the boiling point, because um, Arno wasn't liking how rehearsed everything felt, and he was like, "They need to be going for the mask. They need to be going from the for his mask from the get go. That needs to be their strategy." And and like he ended up like yelling at the action director, and eventually the action director just walked off set, <laughs> and. From there, Arno tried to get the, the uh, cast members, which, bear in mind, from what I understand in this sequence, it's the actual actors playing the writers in the suit.
1: I'm, I, I felt like it was. Um, Who probably I mean, they, don't know anything about action coordination. I mean, I know Ikematsu
0: did do a lo- a fair bit of his own stunts in this film. I mean, he even broke his leg like like Hiroshi Fujioka did back in 71. Um,
1: that's right I remember hearing about that
0: yeah cause like literally at the announcement uh, for this film he literally was he literally had crutches because he'd broken his leg during production <laughs> but yeah he wasn't getting too sad sati- he wasn't satisfied with the results of just having the actors improvise so he uh, apologized to the action director and you know they finished the fight
1: well, this fight is awful. I hate it. I actually don't mind it. <laughs> I definitely
0: think the roughhousing is the worst part of the fight.
1: Yes, specifically after they re like re, regroup and start fighting, I think it's awful. Um during this fight, Ichimonji gets his arm broke. Yeah. Um which sometimes is relevant sometimes is not from whatever I, what i was able to see mm-hmm. by the end of the fight sequence it seems like that's not relevant because he's moving it like normal mm-hmm. um but during the fight it's not irrelevant so hongo's like fighting and then he screams Ichimonji now and that's where they butt heads and both masks fly off there's also been blood yeah. going everywhere from the both both common writers and it's a really is... raw shot
0: of Ichimonji's mask breaking off, by the way. <laughs>
1: yes. That shot is so raw. <laughs> um, and from here, Hongo puts on the actual Common Rider mask on uh, Butterfly Og, which yeah. I forgot to mention, or we forgot to mention, uh, during the roughhousing, Butterfly Og breaks Hongo's henshin device. Yeah, his belt um which is concerning mm. but it, it they they don't touch on until a little bit later which is i i thought was fine because it, it wasn't relevant at the time mm. um hongo
0: puts uh his mask onto ichiro and ichiro sees uh because earlier ruriko had essentially implanted her consciousness into the mask uh which is weird to be fair it is based on that is based on the manga from Ishinomori, that is, yeah. I'll explain a little bit of that later. Um, okay, but yeah. So he see he sees Ruriko and has a a conversation with her, essentially giving him uh, his happiness back. I guess you could say, because Hongo uh, took inspiration from his dad and you know just wanted to make at least one of the villains not die in complete despair. Because one thing that I actually uh, noticed is that... So Shocker is seeking... Shocker's goal is to lead mankind into happiness. But in the end, Kumo, Spider, man, uh, Bat, Scorpion, and Wasp, they all die in despair and sadness. Even Chameleon. All. Because, like... um. They either die, like, not being understood or accepted in the case of, like, uh, Bat and Kumo or, like, Hiromi and especially Chameleon, because Chameleon's motivation was to get revenge, to avenge uh, Spider. Spider. Yeah, they don't achieve their goals, so they all die in sadness, which is incomplete antithesis to Shocker's ultimate goal, leading leading those in despair to happiness. Um except for Ichira. He is the only uh Shaka villain of this film who dies in happiness. Even even the founder of Shaka dies from
1: suicide. I'd never thought about that. <laughs> huh. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I, I, I honestly don't know what to say to that. Like <laughs> I didn't
0: know, I didn't realize it until like, maybe like an hour before, not even an hour before, like the recording. I like, I was, I was just thinking about them and I'm like, wait a minute. They all die
1: in despair. They all suffer ironic fates except for Ichiro. And the part that makes that the most interesting is all the others are doing, quote, what they want to do. Whereas yeah. Ichiro ends up going back on on what his p- ultimate plan is. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Ichiro in the manga as well. I mean, his goal when he joined Shocker was not to like bring everyone to the habitat. What he joined Shocker when he was ten because his father, because of him and his own father's despair, because uh, mm-hmm. they were both exploited by the cult and essentially indoctrinated into it. Ichiro grew up in Shaka wanting to rid uh, humanity of hate and violence because he had never, he was bullied in school and, you know, he lost his mother due
1: to a murderer. mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: Which, his mother is not Ruriko's mother. No. Yeah, no. Ruriko has
0: no relation to Itro's mother. <laughs>
1: Does she even have a mother? Because we um, forgot to bring this up. So in the film
0: it's mentioned that she has an artificial wound. In the Shocker side manga, she's only recently been introduced. Um I don't quite remember the exact details of it, but um from what I sort of recall Um, she was like, she was like a, she was the daughter of like one of Shaka's, uh, one of uh, Midorikawa, Professor Midorikawa's like, uh, assistants in like the Shaka lab who died and his, I think his daughter died. And so, no, no, hang on. I have no idea. So keep going. So, okay. She was a young girl who um suffered severe daim- Suffered severe brain damage in like an accident and they so, so similar to uh Itra's mother, I should mention. Um and so they revived her, but she lost all her memories of her original life, thus Professor Midorikawa um replaced Adaptable. her memories with new ones. As if she was a part of their family. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay. So she has a tragic past.
0: Yeah. Which would
1: explain why she doesn't trust people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I really hope... Does the manga have an English translation officially? Uh, not official. I really hope it gets brought over to the States. Because that, like... I think it... The
0: film works without it. But I think it add. I definitely think that it the adds. additional context adds a lot to yes. the film. It adds to Shocker as a whole. It adds to, it certainly adds to both Spider and Scorpion Org. And it just adds to the world.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that about it. Like, everything you've said so far has been like, oh, wow, that's it's, really cool. It's really good. It's actually really good. Oh yeah, and the and the character
0: it adds to the most is especially Ichiro. Okay. Since he's the since he's the protagonist of this. So far oh, Takeshi Hongo. Yeah, so far I sh- I've neglected to mention that in this uh prequel manga, Takeshi Hongo and um Hayato Ichimonji have so far never been mentioned. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Well that's <laughs> certainly something to to dive into eventually. Yeah. Speaking of Hongo. Um, following, uh, Butterfly Og's death, we get Hongo's death. Yep. Hongo ends up dying with Butterfly Og, so that Butterfly Og's not alone. hmm Which I was not expecting. Because I am going to guarantee you that in the original Common Rider show, he does not die. Am I accurate with that assumption? Yes, but... In oh, the manga,
0: he does die. In the manga, he is actually killed by the Shocker Riders, um, which I should mention, Hayato Ichimonji was one of the Shocker writers in the manga. But okay. Hongo, I don't remember exactly how, but he stopped the brainwashing for Hayato.
1: Okay. So Hongo dies... I feel really bad for Ichimonji because he's like, I'm alone again, and I'm like, oh god. Yeah, we love Ichimonji. We we stand Ichimonji on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we do. I have been do.
0: standing him since I saw him
1: in the original. So my man. <laughs> so after this, we get Ichimonji in a very depressed state. Who's like, well, we enter this world alone. We're gonna die alone. Um, speaking of depressed, something that I wanted to bring up that I thought was really cool is throughout this movie, they bring up that the kanji for happiness is the exact same as uh, despair, except there's a stroke that's missing. Correct? Yeah. yeah. I think it's Which pain, I... but yeah. Pain? Okay. Which is really interesting. That's actually very cool. Mm-hmm. So we have Ichi who is very much in the prostate. He has the scarf off. He's, he's sad, but and he has been no correct. He, 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 he's definitely retired from the common Rider mantle. Like hunger's <laughs> death. I, it, to me, it seems like he's about to take his life hmm. because he's like, we leave this world alone. So it's like, is he going to take his life? Like, mm-hmm. because he lost his only friend who related to him, I guess. Hmm. Um, So then the government officials walk up and say, uh, Hongo wanted you to have the mask. We've restored it. It's got both Hongo and Ruriko's souls in it. And we're off to fight more Shocker if you're interested in fighting the good fight with us. They're developing Cobra, man. Cobra (laughs) Og. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And Ichimonji's like, you know what? I can try this out. We'll see how it goes. For the Missy and for Hongo. I love that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So following this, they walk off the dock on the land. Hey, by the way, I don't know your names. Who are you? I don't trust people who don't share their names. So this is where we get the name drops. Their names are Tachibana and Taki. (laughs) so those sound familiar so rex yes how 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 come these sound familiar
0: yes oh my god so i remember wondering when i was watching the original carmen rider and you know i saw the marketing for shin carmen rider i was wondering are they going to include the two goats so in the original carmen rider you obviously have carmen rider one and two and you have ruiko but outside of them, for your supporting cast, you also have Tobe Tachibana, played by the late Akiji Kobayashi, um, who played Captain Muramatsu in Ultraman. Oh, well, Tobe Tachibana would essentially become the is the mentor to Takeshi Hongo and also Hayato, and would essentially become the returning, the recurring character of. Showa Rider, appearing in most Showa Rider shows as a sort of mentor figure. And Jirotaki is a character from the show who was introduced around episode 11 and would go on to appear in every episode following this. Um, So both these characters actually appear in the show more than either Hayato and Hongo do, technically. Oh! (laughs) And yeah, Jirotaki in the original show was an FBI agent played by Jiro Chiba, Sonny Chiba's brother.
1: Ah! Oh, I love that.
0: <laughs> and he is the absolute goat. He is always in the action. He is great. He is like one of the most overlooked common Rider characters. I'd love... It's honestly a missed opportunity that he doesn't come back in like later Showa Rider shows mm-hmm. Cause like he He's one of the best characters From the show, he's awesome, I love him And I was so happy when like This movie came out All the leaks were coming out Online from like the theater pamphlet And I saw Takumi Saito Playing a government Official character Alongside Yutaka Takenuchi And I'm like Oh my god It's Tachibana and
1: Taki. (laughs) Now, Tachibana, has that been – was that the name of the characters in in the other Shin films or am I going crazy? What? Was Tachibana a name used in the other Shin films or am I crazy?
0: Uh, Yutaka Takanuchi was in – both Shin Godzilla and uh, Shin right. Ultraman.
1: As government officials.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. His character name in Shin Godzilla was not Tachibana. He did have a name. Um, it was Hideki
1: Akasaka. Gotcha. So, this basically confirms that the Shinverse is not something that exists.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, unless this was like code names.
1: <laughs> but, let's be honest, that's stretching it. Yeah. So after this, they they disappear and we, we kinda get a flash forward to Ichimonji's new suit, which is light green and really, really nice looking. Now is mm. that the V three mask? Like no. is that coming okay. No. That mask is it's a brighter
0: green version of Kamen rider new Ichigo, which is the suit Okay, so this whole suit is based off The suit Takeshi Hongo wears from episodes 53 onwards, essentially. What would essentially become the modern design for Kamen Rider Ichigo.
2: Okay.
1: Except in this version, the gloves are black for some reason. Gotcha. And he rides off into the sunset, and then he starts talking to Hongo, and Hongo's like, I feel everything, I'm here with you. And they are Kamen Rider
0: 2 plus
1: 1. Is that a character in the original stuff or is that – No, just that's just their... what
0: they're being called in, at the end of this film.
1: <laughs> OK. Common Rider 2 plus 1. OK. Now, during the credits, we get uh, the theme songs for Shocker and Common Rider, um, which is really nice. I love the fact that those were playing over the theater speakers. Um we get Shirogumi, did the effects for this movie, which is the Takashi Yamazaki Company, who also worked on Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman and the upcoming uh, Godzilla Zero. And like I said, <laughs> that's run by Takashi Yamazaki. So I love it when I see Shirogumi appear. And then, so this ending's a little. So at the end of the film, the credits, like most of the credits are not subtitled except for the major ones. And then we get the credit for the subtitler. And then there's some text that's not subtitled now mm. what i'm guessing is the first bit of subtitles is saying common writer first appeared in april of 1971 50 yeah. years later this is the anniversary and then it shows highlights of common writer 71 of stuff that they were inspired by i mean it's right? just like a it's just a
0: montage of like uh clips like from the show okay
1: mainly from like the first 15 episodes But after that, there's still a, there's a, there's something that's like a quote at the very end of the movie. And it's not subtitled. And I'm really upset because I want to know what that last, that that, whatever that is. Now, I do have a, I, I took a photo and like I did Google Translate. But I don't know if this is right. It says, "When the times so da- when the times so desire, Common Writer will surely revive." I think it means when the time, when times are dire, Common Writer will return, or something, or something like that. And that was something Shotaro Shinamori said. Mm-hmm. So with that, we have talked over the entirety of Shin Common Writer. Do you want me to go through the the credits of the cast and crew and then we can talk about our final thoughts and wrap things up here?
0: Yes, and oh my god, I'm going to kill myself in editing. Okay.
1: So, going over the cast and crew, starting with the crew, we have Hideaki Anno as director and writer of this film. He co-directed Shin Godzilla, wrote and ghost-directed Shin Ultraman, (laughs) directed Gamera in 1999, a mockumentary that uh took place in between the events of Gamma 2 Advent of Legion and Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris. isn't it just like a just a documentary it's no it's an in universe documentary wait is it yes huh yep he was the genius or crazy person behind Neon Genesis Evangelion and the following genius. films. He was the director and actor of Return of Ultraman, the 1987 fan film. He co-directed Giant God Warrior Appears in Tokyo. He was an actor and director of Cutie Honey. And he was an actor in Funky Forest and Death Kappa. The associate director, Katsura Onoue, Onoue, Mm -hmm. was... uh, like I said, he was the associate director. His credits include Onmyoji: Returner, Onmyoji 2, Cutie Honey, Sinking of Japan, Shin Godzilla, Ultraman Taiga the Movie, Shin Ultraman, Spielbahn, Matildar, Blue Swat, and then he also worked on Gamera 3, Revenge Virus, Ultraman Z, Episodes 9 and 10, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Ultraman vs. Common Rider, Godzilla 2000, Godzilla vs. Megagiris. And the twelve-day tale of the monster that died in eight. Producer Kazu uh, Tishi uh, Wadatura uh, worked on Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman. Composer Taku Iwasaki uh, mm-hmm. has composed various animes. Oh yeah, uh, I should
0: he... mention his score. Amazing, I love this it's
1: music. It's very good. It's a very good score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atsuki Sato, the VFX supervisor, worked on Gamera Guardian of the Universe, Gamera 2 Advent of Legion, Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris, uh, Avalon, the Princess Blade, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, Attack on Titan Part 1 and Part 2, Garm Wars The Last Druid, Shin Godzilla, and Shin Ultraman. So we have a lot of people that carried over from Boshin, Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, and Cutie Honey, and God Warrior that Ono uh, had worked with into Shin Kamen Rider. But no, Shinji Higuchi. Mm. As for your cast, Suzuki Aikimatsu was in Tetsujin 28, the movie. Death Note, Light Up the World, Death Note New Generation, and uh, New World Killing.
0: It should also be noted that he starred alongside Tom Cruise and Hiroyuki Sonata and Ken in Watanabe the, in, in The Last Samurai.
1: And then him, as lo- along with Ichimonji's actor and Ruriko's actress, all appeared in Crayon Shinshan as their characters in oh, Shin yeah. Kamen Writer*. Yeah. <laughs> Minami Hanbe, uh Ruriko's actor, was in uh, the Takashi Yamazaki War Film, The Great War of Arkhamite. Archimedes Archimedes, Archimedes. So I don't know was... if that's right I'm just saying it like that Okay so was Ichimonji's actor uh Tetsuki Imoto Tasku Imoto uh, them... Okay there you go Uh both of them He was heard... also
0: in remember I should mention Was he?
1: Yeah
2: He, he plays oh, like
1: cool. a um plays like a librarian character <laughs> Oh interesting Uh Nansei Nishino Wasp Og wasn't in anything Tokusatsu-related that I could find. But she um, was
0: like a singer.
1: Yes. I've already brought up Shinya Tsukamoto. As for Bat Og, played by Toru Tezuka, he was mm. in Gamma oh. 3, re- <laughs> Revenge of Iris, Uzumaki, Cutie Honey, Meatball Machine, Japan Sinks, 20th Century Boys 1, 2, and 3, Common Writer X Common Writer Double, and Decade Movie War, Dead Sushi, Shin Godzilla, Love and Peace, and Miss Zombie. He was also in another Hideaki movie, Love and Pop. This is true. You have Kenata Hongo, Mantis uh, KK Og, who was yeah. in Returner, Moonchild, K20 Fiend with 20 Faces, Gantz in Gantz Two, Attack on Titan Part One, of the movie, Attack on Titan Part Two, of the movie, Full Metal Alchemist, the live-action films, all three of them, and the uh, Subaraya miniseries Kaiju Club, where he played the main uh, the main character. Nao Amori, who played Spider Og's voice, was in Itchy the Killer, One Itchy, Parasite Part One, and the Great Yokai War Two Guardians. Masami mm-hmm. Nagasawa, who played Scorpion Og, was in Pyrokinesis, uh, her first film, which was directed by Sh- uh, Shutsuke Kaneko, along with Tokyo Godzilla, Tokyo SOS, and Godzilla Final Wars. As half of the yes. Shobojin, Hidden Fortress, The Last Princess, wh- where she played the princess, and I Am a Hero, and Shin Ultraman. Tori Matsuka who Matsuzaka, f- K, of- who- mm-hmm. was in. Common Rider Decade, Samurai Sentai Shinkenger, which is what you're watching, and all four movies. His appearance in Decade was as Shinken Red. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, because cause there's a crossover between them.
1: Oh, interesting. He was in the live-action film of Gatchaman. He was in Death Note Light Up the War, the New World, uh, which he co-starred in with uh Ikematsu. Ikematsu. And, uh, he also did dubbing work for Sony Picture and Toho's Monster Hunter for the Japanese release. My oh. Uh, Mike, M- Miki, Mikako Ichikawa. Mikako Ichikawa, yep. Butterfly Og. She was mm. in Cutie Honey and Shin Godzilla.
0: She was his mother, not mm-hmm. Butterfly Og himself.
1: Oh, yes. I put Butterfly Og's mother. Oops. Uh... <laughs> Suzuki Amatsu, the shocker founder, was in Matsuo. Ichi Matsuo, yeah. was in Ichi the Killer Shock Labyrinth 3D in Shin Godzilla. You have Takumi Sato, who Saito. played Taki Saito, who played Taki, who was in 20th Century Boys Three Redemption Robo Robogisha. Funny how we came back to that. Uh, Vampire Girl vs. Frankenstein Girl, Space Battleship Yamato, Shin Godzilla, Yokai Watch, the live-action film, Fukushima 50, where he co-starred with Ken Watanabe, Shin Ultraman, uh, Jellyfish Eyes, the early Minaru Kawasaki film, Kabuto Obeidle, and he appeared in Garo.
0: Bruh. I, I, I had an epitome on what episode he appeared in. It was insane. Well now you I know. Do don't remember him being in that at all. <laughs> but apparently he was there the whole time in one He's episode.
1: Hey, you know like the whole thing about this this uh year of Kaju conversation is everything's connected to Shin Ultraman. <laughs> like it all spirals back to Shin Ultraman.
0: You did not just say spiral, you did not just say spiral, you did not just say
1: spiral. We've been in we've been recording for Four hours on on the actual podcast, and there has not been a single Ring reference, so I had to find a way to loop it back around. No. <laughs> oh. Why are you the one who makes some... Because
0: you didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention that I was reading uh my
1: last Ring book. Oh. Uh Back to the, the cast and crew real quick. T- Yutaka... Takanoguchi, who played Tachibana, was in Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman. And then you have Mirari Moriyama, Mirai who played... Moriyama. Mirai Moriyama. Mirai mm-hmm. Moriyama, who played Butterfly Og, who was in 20th Century Boys 1 through 3. And he was also in
0: the third Oe Sunset film.
1: Oh, really? That's weird. I noticed there's actually a lot of uh, Takashi Yamazaki actors in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, actually, there was a couple from like Returner and some other stuff. Right, Returner. Um, one from Space Battleship Yamato. Uh, a few from the Great War of Arkham. Arkamidas, Archimede- uh, I'm gonna say. Arkamidas, yeah. Um, I'm curious if any of them will reappear in Godzilla Zero, so we'll have to see. Mm.
0: I mean, um, I mean, Tasuku Imoto. I mean, his wife is Sakura Ando, whom is rumored to star in Godzilla Zero. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And and his father is um Akira Imoto. And he was Who was in the Heisei Godzilla films.
1: That's right.
0: And then his brother was in Garo.
1: It's all connected.
0: Literally. His family has so many like connections. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs>
1: So, with that, that's the cast and the crew, so I think we can go ahead here. We've been – this is going to be our longest episode now. Shin Ultraman had that, I'm and now it's Shin Kamen Rider. Die. Well, at least we can say that we probably have the most thorough discussion of the film, Shin Common Rider, on a podcast.
0: Until someone else beats us, somehow. Yeah, somehow.
1: But before we wrap things up, I also just want to quickly talk here about our overall thoughts. Um, so Rex, I'm I'm honestly really curious. I've avoided reading your opinions um, mm-hmm. because you were really excited to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you thought, like, was it a letdown? Was it exactly what you wanted? Like what, what did you think? Mm. So Shin
0: Kamen Rider, it's an interesting film because, you know, I had heard a lot leading up to it. I was very, very excited for it. When all the spoilers came out after its release, when the NHK documentary came out, and there was a lot of things like learning, oh, there's a lot more CG than we originally thought. Oh, uh, the shocker, they they deleted the practical shocker right of fight oh, and all these sorts of things I hear, all the drama behind the scenes and all that. It's like, maybe, the, and seeing like, the initial Japanese response to this was kind of mixed, certainly more mixed than Shin Godzilla or Shin Ultraman were. Mm-hmm. But when I saw it, I loved it, baby. <laughs> you did? Yes. It was awesome. And the response has seemingly warmed up too. Even the Japanese response to it really? has like Yeah, yeah. Like the initial response, like reactions, were pretty uh, polarizing for the most part, leaning a bit more to the positive side. So not quite black sun, where it's either you love it or you absolutely despise it in Japan. <laughs> um, but and
1: this actually did end up being the most successful common uh, writer movie.
0: Yeah. It wasn't as successful as Shin Godzilla or Shin Ultraman though.
1: Which is but like here's the thing. So Shin Godzilla, I it's still not the most successful Godzilla movie. Um I think it's number two, correct? Uh, like number three or four or something. Okay. But Shin Ultraman is the most successful Ultraman movie, and Shin Common Rider is the most successful Common Rider movie. So by all like by all For their own franchises,
0: yeah, Kamen Rider and Ultraman have been very successful. I mean, Shin Ultraman just was very successful. It released at the perfect time.
1: Mm -hmm. It
0: released during Golden Week. There wasn't too much notable competition. There was like some Hollywood films, but they were films that ended up just, it was kind of figured they were going to bomb in Japan and they did. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Meanwhile, Shin Kamen Rider had some pretty stiff competition, and on top of that, it was it was uh, rated PG-12 in Japan, whereas Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman were both G-rated. Mhm. So, a portion of the audience had parents concerned about taking their kids to see it.
1: So, which kind of leads to an expected lower yeah, attendance. Yeah, precisely. Okay. So, where would you what? What's your Shin ranking? Because I I don't see us getting another Shin movie to be honest. Um, it seems like Shin Gamera will not happen, and I don't think Anna will do Shin Super Sentai.
0: Please just give us sequels to Shin
1: Ultraman and Shin
0: Kamen Rider, please, God.
1: Well, where would you take it? Where would you take Shin I mean, Kamen
0: Rider too? I mean, they leave the they literally left the door open. Um, for K and I. Because that subplot is not resolved. Mm-hmm. And I they're leaving it open for where the manga goes. With uh, the big machine robot. Um, <laughs> which is essentially the final antagonist of the manga. I, I think okay. the idea is to have I develop to eventually just become big machine. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, Arno, I mean, he... He talked about the potential of a sequel to Shin Kamen Rider being a hypothetical Shin Kamen Rider, Kamen no Sekai, or in English, Masker World, or World of Masks, which is the title of the last chapter of Kamen Rider, the manga, wherein which Big Machine is the main villain. And it would explore like the government's relation, the government and Shocker's relation to AI. Mm hmm. In The manga, it should be. It was uh, that the government was partly responsible for creating Big Machine, like mm-hmm. they were the ones who developed the technology. Yeah, they created the technology for like the AI, then Shock stole it essentially. Gotcha, so yeah,
1: <laughs> I would love to see it. In
0: that, do you think I would we'll see
1: it. in a movie or do you think it'll stay in the <sighs> manga form? I don't know, I really hope.
0: I really hope that this and Shin Ultraman get a sequel, because I really do want to see more of this world. I want to see more of uh, Emoto as Hayato. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. So, okay. Now, let me hear your rankings of the three Shin movies. God, this is this is
0: hard, because I think... I like them all a lot and I think they're actually all really, really close to each other. But if I had to rank them for now, in saying this, this could absolutely change on rewatch for all of these films except for the one I think that is at the top that I think will be staying there. Um,
1: Start at the bottom.
0: Yeah, so at the bottom... But now I'm gonna say Shin Ultraman. Okay. I, I now bear in mind I love Shin Ultraman, absolutely amazing movie. But I, but just based on my first watch alone, from what I remember of my feelings toward it on my on my first watch, compared to my feelings on Shin Carmen Rider on my first watch. I think I liked Shin Kamen Rider a bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, Following that is Shin Godzilla and then at the very top
1: Shin Evangelion. Bro. No. No. No, 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 no. Rewind. Rewind. You you have to put Shin Kamen Rider in. I just did. You you said Shin Evangelion.
0: No, I said... Shin Ultraman, Shin Kamen Shin Godzilla, and then Shin Evangelion. No. I'm not gaslighting. Just listen to the episode. Stop gaslighting me. You're not going to do this. Stop. Stop. Just ignoring me. Stop trying to gaslight me. I'm not going to deal with this. She Man. You you were literally Hideaki Arno. With this abusive behavior on (laughs)
1: set. Don't you ever compare me to Hideaki Anno. I swear to God, Rex, I will end everything. You want want to know what I have that Hideaki, Hideaki Anno can't do? What? I can create an ending.
0: I mean, he made a banger ending to Evangelion
1: he made two it was awful endings. he made two it was endings. awful it's literally it the was best awful no. end of evangelion is it. hot garbage and no, the end, end of no. evangelion in the show is awful no no they're no they're both bad
0: oh yeah that's right there's actually three endings I forgot so there's the show ending
1: there's which end is of ba- bad which they're is both, absolute they're garbage. garbage they're both amazing. they're awful
0: and then, you are wrong shut up shut up shut yeah. up let me speak <laughs> shut up Shut up, let me speak. And then there's Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, a.k.a. Shin Evangelion, which is the best Shin movie, by far.
1: Okay, I'm done listening to you.
0: It was literally the best one.
1: You are incredible. wrong.
0: It was incredible. You are wrong. It was a literal masterpiece. Now Two and a half were... hours of animated perfection. Spider-Verse, if...
1: pff, what's that? Never heard of it. Now, if we <laughs> want to talk about the right opinion, let me let me let me just slide in here. Let me slide bad into <laughs> these DMs. So, I thought Shin Common Writer was a lot of fun. As I mentioned, this is my first, en- like, this is my entry level into this- uh, into the Common Writer franchise. Um, some people say this is a bad spot to start. I don't know. Um, I but just I liked it. I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this thoroughly. Um, I didn't understand everything, but I I I had enough explanation where I could follow the story and I could be interested in my characters and in my uh, story. I would love to see a sequel. I would absolutely love to see a sequel. I also agree. I want to see a Shin Ultraman sequel. Mm. I feel like both of those, unlike Shin Godzilla, would be set up perfectly for sequels, and I would love to see that. So... I, I hope I hope we see a, a, a future of these franchises. If I, I'd love to see a trilogy, I'd love to see a trilogy. Um, I like them. I like I like Shin Kamen Rider a lot. I really do. Mm-hmm. If I had to rank the three Shin films, I would put Shin Godzilla at the bottom. I do not like that movie. I yeah, you I used that, to think man. it was bad, but now I, I admit it's okay. But I I just it, it all of the Anoisms are More. too. By the time
0: what? we cover it on this podcast, you'll learn to love it.
1: That's not true. <laughs> um, that would be really just... funny if
0: it did happen, though.
1: <laughs> Actually, so back in May Day, I said that Shin Godzilla was a bad movie. And now in my old and senile age, I've realized it's peak cinema. Oh, is. that idiot kind of knows what he's doing. <laughs> That's what's going to happen because I'm going to be an 80-year-old man by the time we cover that movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I love Shin, uh, Shin Kamen Rider. I don't like Shin Godzilla, so that would hit the bottom of my list. I don't like it. It's not bad, but it's not good. Um, I, I never was invested with the characters. I don't like that film. The onuisms are too heavy. Um, as for number two, I'd put Shin Ultraman. I mentioned it earlier. I think Shin Ultraman has the problem of it's very episodic, but the issue is two of the episodes in air quotes feel like they're the same story, just different characters. Actually, um,
0: that, that does remind me of one thing I wanted to point out actually was that these Shin Godzilla, Shin Kamen Rider and Shin Ultraman, I notice, all have kind of a similar pacing issue. It's less noticeable with Shin Godzilla, because it's not quite the same, because it's not got the episodic format, but all of them slow, start off really sort of fast-paced, high energy, but by around the middle of the movie, they slow down a huge amount, Mm -hmm. which I think all of them have been criticized for majorly.
1: Yeah, I I could definitely see that in Shin Godzilla, it's after uh the, the atomic bomb. Yep. Yep. So I I could see that, but I mm. think so and this is where my number 1 spot Shin Kamen Rider. I think this is Ano's best work. Honestly, this is probably my favorite Hideaki Anno film. Damn. Um you should watch it. I I admittedly I haven't seen a lot of his work. Um but I I genuinely believe that this film Ano, I feel like concludes it very well. Even though it's not a like definite ending, this is the best ending he's done. It doesn't like it leaves the door open, but you also feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, the Anoisms are present, but they are not too obvious.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The film, I, I it just—it's a lot of fun. It fixes the issues I think Shin Ultraman has, and it's more interesting and – Which uh, issues I've... specifically? Is so specifically the episodic issue and the oh. repetition. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. Because in Shin Ultraman you have the uh, Mephlas – Zereb and uh, Mephlas. And yep. One after another. Yeah. Which feel like the same story, just twice. Mm-hmm. Um. Whereas this one, the only one where that would fall into place would be the uh, scorpion og and spider og, but they alter scorpion og's story to not be repetitious, which I love that.
0: I mean, scorpion um, og is essentially
1: just a is basically just the start of uh wasp og sequence. Correct. Which I thought was re- it's kind of genius with that that concept both. Spider and Scorpion would have a similar story, so why not use Scorpion um, to just gateway into Wasp Og and skip all of it and just kind of highlight the important parts? Which is what it felt like they were trying to do with Zerub and and Mephlas, but they wanted to show everything. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I guess, yeah cuz like both of those stories are relevant to the plot but yeah. if you cut one of them and just show the important parts it would have been a little better um i so i i think shincomer writers really really well done i i enjoyed it a lot and i'm happy that we got it in the states i'm happy I w- we were able to cover it um i had a lot of fun with it mm. so that is my favorite <laughs> What about Shane Evangelion? Don't care. So, with that, I think we can go ahead and wrap things up here, Rex. So, before you have a stroke, why don't you tell the lovely folks? Well, suck it up because you got to link yourself. So why don't you go ahead and let the people know who are listening where they can find you? Because you have had a ton to edit. So oh, God, well, dear listeners,
0: if I make it through this recording, uh, you can find me on YouTube at Rexxeno on Twitter at Rex underscore Xenomorph, on Instagram Rex underscore Zeno, and I also write on the Tokusatsu Network. So feel free to check out me there.
1: And as for me, you can find me on YouTube at ET13Productions, on Twitter at ET13Productions, or on Instagram at ET13Productions. I also write for Kaiju Ramen Media, so if you go to com, you can purchase any of the articles we've posted, uh, the issues we posted, excuse me, or read the articles I've wrote. Beyond that, if you want to find my personal accounts, I'm not going to link them, but it's pretty easy to find them, so good luck. Um... I also used to do some writing for uh, GodzillaMovies.com. You can find those articles still if you want to look. But as for the podcast, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. That boosts our ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you. We have been review-bombed in the past. And we're sitting at a solid 3.1. I feel like for a podcast that talks about Shin Kamen Rider in depth for four hours, I feel like we're worth more than a 3.1. So if you guys could leave us an iTunes review, that would be highly appreciated. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't, that's actually really and honestly brutally a lie. I use a MacBook to do this podcast. You can rate us on Spotify now. So if you want to go leave a five-star there, that'd be perfect. If you want to stay up to date with all things Kaiju Conversation related, follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. If you don't have Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram or like us on Facebook. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, lucky you, you can email us at KaijuConversation at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word, you know the drill. And as always, we'll read your reviews on air for everyone to hear. We also have a Teespring store. Uh, eventually, we'll have original artwork, but until then, you can sport an awesome logo on a t shirt or maybe even a coffee mug. If you'd like to chat with Rex and I, check out our Discord server full of others that have similar interests to you. Recently, there was a discussion about. Let's see here, drum roll. <laughs> It looks like pe- uh, we are talking about the school ghost stories. Those films from the mid to late nineties, the uh, straight nice. to home video. Um, actually, that's where a lot of J horror started. Was, was stuff like that. So yeah, we we it's a great community full of great people talking about a ton of different kaiju, tokusatsu, and film in general stuff. So definitely check it out. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you can be notified. Anytime we upload a video. We sometimes post exclusives to the channel like bloopers for episodes or mini talking about news or other subjects. We also have an interview with Mecha Godzilla designer Jared Kurchevsky on the channel. I probably butchered his name, so I apologize. And a huge, 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 huge thanks to Rex for editing all of these episodes and the content we upload. This one's gonna be I'm going a doozy. To die. So definitely check him out. His links can be found in the description below. Along with Rex, we'd like to give a huge thanks and shout out to Danny DeBanna of the Godzilla Novelization Project for his amazing vocals on our theme song. You can support him by following him on Twitter at Danzilla93GNP or visit his website, GodzillaNovelizationProject.com. And a huge thanks to Grattan Conwell from the podcast Giant Monster BS for composing the music for our theme song. You can support him by following the podcast on Twitter at Giant Monster BS or on any podcast platform under the name Giant Monster BS. And with that, we're going to wrap things up here finally. Four hours and like 30 minutes and We are finally wrapping things up here. So thank you guys so much for listening to us talk about Kamen Rider and listen as I learn more about a tokusatsu franchise I know very little about. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys again. And as always, please remember, life's too short to not talk big. Or in this case, talk like Henshin. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: We are set. We are in debt. There's nothing to sweat. Life's too short now, baby.
2: It's not to big now, baby. Conversation.
0: His name's Elijah, baby. And also Rex now, baby. We love those kaiju,
2: baby. And you will too now.